Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the weekly call. It is a big episode that we are releasing today with no other than Justin Georgopoulos and Broder Curry, the rookie window cleaning and painting operators of the year with Student Works East. And they come in to deliver just so much value in terms of describing their experiences from all the way back from January up to date until today. And everything they went through A to Z in their businesses, they pick apart and really describe everything they learned and every strategy they implemented to get to the top. And usually it's just me in these introductions, but today I have Amar and John with me doing the introduction. So we have a massive announcement for you guys. This is, <laughs> this is unforeseen. I'm so excited to roll this out. I don't know. This is great. They're crying laughing. I don't know what John is doing every time. He's like, John's putting on rubbing balm. oil on his lip. Dude, this is, yeah. I'm putting some so Vaseline on. Like, I, don't, I don't know why Amber is so hype about this. <laughs> the way you're looking at the camera. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man, honestly, th that episode that you're going to listen to, it's so, it's so good. It's so unique because you get to hear not just, you heard their last episode where they were creating their promises, never ran a business before. And then you hear them after hitting their goals and accomplishing what they said they were going to accomplish. Fascinating stuff. Um, but we do want to actually just start this episode by saying a thank you. Because Austin, John, and, and myself, we have been doing this for a while now. And you guys consistently show up and support and listen. And honestly, that is probably the highest level of support that you can uh, really give us with this podcast. And we also were talking about, well, what, what can we do to provide a little bit more value other than this podcast? Some people have been requesting to get some more in-depth of behind the scenes of the weekly call, maybe some more features that they want to see. And so we said, hey, you know what? We are committed to actually going deeper with the people who want to. And this is something that John has mentioned where... There was a debate that was among the three of us of where do you want where do we want to take this podcast? Do we want to go? Do you want to spend money and find as many people as humanly possible, or do we want to just work with the current people who are listening and go a little bit deeper and drive more value? But to drive more value, it's going to take more resources, and so we and we heavily debated this. And I know we mentioned this jokingly every now and then, and really the only thing that was stopping us was a lack of a plan and actually proof that we were delivering value. So after two years, we've come to the conclusion that yes, we have been delivering value and we have figured out a plan. So as of, as of now, we are actually announcing that we are launching an official Patreon for the weekly call. And it goes live, Austin, when does it go live? Monday, November 1st. So the November, today, no, the, 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 the day you are listening to this episode today. Wow. Incredible. And we decided to create two tiers for this because we also understand there's people who just want to support. You want to put some money aside, say, you know what? We want to give back to the podcast and they can also see some features. And so the first tier is $9 a month. And it's, and what you get with that is actually early access to episodes before and after recordings of our full podcast. So our podcast, believe it or not, we, we try to hit record as soon as we jump on the, on the call with each other, but we usually have some conversations before and conversations after. 
And we want to actually give you access to these things. And sometimes you may be listening and you're like, oh man, like this is one, one week later that this is happening. I want to listen to it like right now, like the same day. So we're giving you access right away to these episodes. So you're right up to date on the day. Um, as well as we, like John, us and myself, we, we want to have more conversations that are just outside of the podcast and business. We want to have more personal, can casual, as well as maybe controversial conversations that we would like to have, but not just release to everybody. And so this is an added benefit of being within our inner circle. You get access to these episodes. So some Patreon so, unique episodes. Yeah, these would be more conversational, uh, you know, style podcasts where, you know, we're, you know, quote unquote, shooting the shit. Okay. Mm. And, you know, this would be significantly less formal. Okay. You're, you're not going to see, you know, you, know, you might get some, you know, high level intellectual conversations, but you're going to get to have to hear the conversations that, I mean, ultimately we don't have on the podcast. Okay? You might get more footage of John applying lip balm. <laughs> you might yeah you might get more footage definitely eating cherries every summer yeah definitely a lot more politics uh talks of religion personal decisions that maybe we don't want to talk about D different things that we just don't get the opportunity to talk to because it's just a little bit lower on the list of things that we want to cover if we're just only talking to each other like once a week um and other than those things so early access to episodes full length episodes that are uncut um more casual shooting the shit type of conversations. And the fourth thing is John's book ranking list. So John's been doing, you've been reading for how long, man? Like since he was four <laughs> full novels. When did you seriously actually start reading John? I probably started reading around like 19 or 20. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're talking like five years of going five six years of going through many different books and when you do that and when you take on reading you're going to stumble across a lot of really good books and a lot of bad books and so john actually has been building a list all this time whether it's in his head or on a piece of paper that we're actually putting together that you'll have access to that will consist of multiple top 10 so top 10 autobiographies top 10 books about finance top 10 books about investing top 10 books about mindset top 10 books about philosophy that John has personally read through either once or multiple times that are ranked in order of significance, importance, uh, ease of what's your ranking, how are you ranking this? Yeah. Like a lot of the, the books, the book lists will be just, you know, like, you know, biographies is something that I read a lot of. So, you know, that might be a bit of a longer list, like here's 10, you know, biographies. Um, but, you know, over time I'll be continuously adding to these recommended lists lists. So it's not, like it's like it's it's a uh, an updated thing so you know the list set um will be like you know top 10 books that i've ever read and these are like must reads for people that are starting in business but i'll slowly add more lists as time comes along um you know more subcategories um like there's a lot of really great biographies that are you know more business related there's also some that are more moral biographies so these are people like you know malcolm mm. x not exactly a business read but a fantastic biography right mm. yeah, um exactly. sorry another and thing so as well is that uh, there also is going to be a monthly, hey, here's the books that uh, I have read, you know, th this month or that I plan to read. And I'll be updating that quite often of like, hey, you know, these are the books that I'm currently reading. Uh, you can either one follow along and, and those could be something that we talk about, which later we'll talk about our group chat. But those are the things that you could potentially have conversations with me about, right? Mm, exactly. And so that takes us to the second tier. And so the first tier for everything we just mentioned is nine, $9 a month. And the next tier, we want to go even deeper. And we've priced this at 
$49 a month as an investment. And this gives you the early access to the episodes, full length uncut episodes, the more personal casual um, episodes, the book ranking list, as well as a private group chat where you actually get to join other people on that tier list, as well as myself, Austin, and John. And in, the, in this group, you can actually interact with us, um, ask any sort of questions, uh, share any material, ask our opinions on stuff. And it could extend from anywhere, business, personal, um, really anywhere on that, that you're interested in. And as well as the private group chat, you'll get the quote list by John. Because, John, you mentioned there were so many people on this list joining, and this takes you so much time that your Kindle started becoming nearly ineffective. Yeah, just... so this is, yeah, this is a somewhat controversial thing. So, you know, if you're currently on my, my quote list, uh, as of this podcast coming out, you'll be removed. And I apologize. I mean, for, for those of you that have had, you know, a bit of a free ride this entire time, you know, you've probably gotten uh, hopefully a lot of value or you've just had a, a spam box full of, you know, <laughs> quotes from me. Um, and, and, and ultimately the reason why is there is a bit of a supply and demand issue here. Um, so something that I didn't anticipate was one, how many people would actually be interested. This is the thing we put in our Instagram story. We had like 50 people respond. With yeah, this is, yeah, this is, this, this was totally overwhelming. I mean, it was to the point where, you know, at first, just by mentioning it, you know, I was just sort of adding some of my friends to it. And then of course, over time, you know, it's to the point now where I actually can't add everyone to the list. Okay. The Kindle itself, I don't know if it has a capacity, but it has a functional capacity in the sense that my, my uh, Kindle is actually dying um, quite quickly because I'm sending so many, it's not an email device. Okay. I'm sending so many emails uh, on a daily basis. Um, via the Kindle, which is how you actually gain the quotes, uh, that it's dying quicker. Um, the other thing too, is it's actually quite time consuming just to do the interface uh, on the quote list. I actually have to like, I'm not gonna explain in full, but I have to effectively just tap everyone's email and then it sends it to you, okay? So for the function of like, I don't wanna take a 30 second break every time <laughs> Every time I wanna send some quotes, uh, we are gonna restrict Man's trying this to, read to here, you know? Yeah, we are gonna restrict it to roughly 30 people. Um, I say roughly 30 as in, you know, I'm not going to like, you know, cut it off at, you know, if, if there's a couple of people that want to get in, um, but you are going to have to, uh, join the Patreon, uh, in that, in that premium tier in order to get access to this quote list, which to put in perspective, okay. Cause you may, you may thinking, well, how many quotes am I really going to be getting here? It is, it does fluctuate. Okay. If I'm reading great books that have, that are very quotable, you could be getting, you know, upwards of 10 quotes a day, right? Um, you know, if I'm reading a lot of stuff like, you know, which I'm, which I'm reading right now, which is really dry, you know, Technical. books about monetary policy, not as many quotable things, you know, not getting any many quotes. Um, but over the last, I guess this would be since February 29th, you would have gotten 2,225 page books worth of the golden nuggets of what I've been reading. Yeah. And I tend no to fluff. read the gold of the gold, right? I mean, I'm effectively taking all of the most recommended books I look up to, and then you're going to get the distilled down, just that premium, you know, trickle of wisdom through this quote list. Incredible. And so you'll have access to that list. And I mentioned the group chat. What an added benefit of this group chat is added accountability. So we, this is a weekly call and it was invented for accountability. So um, one of the things that, we're including is actually three types of accountability from each one of us. 
if you're looking to wake up earlier, part of the group chat that we're building, we can actually personally call the group chat. So if you're like Austin and you like to wake up early and you're trying to wake up earlier, we have a wake up with Austin where Austin would just call the group chat when he's waking up early in the morning. So you can start building that habit. If you want to be working out more, well, you can work out with myself and I can call the group chat whenever I'm in the gym and I can, just, you know, we can actually, I can actually hold you accountable to setting a schedule and going out there. And if you're trying to read more, you can read with John and that's all possible through this group chat. And that's what's included in the $49 a month. And so, you know, we, we spend two years and over 1500 hours having conversation and, you know, our account has reached over 12,000 people and we want to go a step further. And for that, we do need to have some sort of function to, be able to, to really expand and drive more value to those of you who listen. And so this is what we have created. This is the opportunity. And so if, if you've ever wondered, hey, how can I get more of Austin, John, and Ammer? You now have the opportunity. And the goal is simple of creating this Patreon. We wanna create better content so we can actually hire people on the podcast. We would like to actually pursue guest, more guest speakers. And some guest speakers will have a speaking fee. And as we start building this Patreon, we can have a purse that we can start maybe engaging with higher end speakers that you may see on Joe Rogan or Tim Ferriss that we can actually bring on. And we also, we wanna keep our circle small. So there's really a supply and demand. So as, as more people join this, we want to just really cater to, to you guys, our day ones. And this is how we found the best way to do that. So um, if you've ever wondered how you can support, if you've ever wondered how you can get more of us, or if you ever wondered how you can just give back, if we've ever helped you close an extra job, get an extra lead, or you know, get more clarity on, on whatever that you're dealing with, um, and you'd like to give back, this is an opportunity to do so as well. So either way, there's no obligation whatsoever. If you're interested in these things, um, we will have a Instagram post about this as well as stories. So you can really have a summary of what we just talked about and you can see it for yourself. And if you're itching for it, just, some, just so you know, the $49 a month, uh, we're gonna be really limiting. So depending on the, the, the demand for it, we might actually increase the price of it. Uh, because we only want around 20 to 30 people. So if you're not one of those first 20 to 30, then it's like, you know, that's kind of the opportunity there, uh, depending. So, yeah. So something worth mentioning here is that every quarter, so every three months, we're going to be revising, maybe adding a few features or subtracting out ones or editing them to maybe make them more effective for our top tier. So every, every quarter, the top tier of 49 is subject to change in all ways, what's included improvements and also pricing. Like we said, the top tier is a finite resource because you're working directly with us. So we want to A, keep the value really high and B, make sure that we're not going to decrease the value we deliver you based on demand for that tier. So that's the tier that's really always fluid to really maximize the benefit we can deliver to you guys. And as Amher said, if you want a lower tier, that's available to you too, still engaging. And if you just want to keep listening to the podcast, we're all good. <laughs> you know, We just want to make sure that you guys feel or have the opportunity to go more in depth. So with that, there's a Patreon launching today. You could literally press pause right now, click the link in the episode show notes and go sign up mm. or, um, or, and sorry, you'll see more information on our Instagram story. And without further ado, we're going to jump right into this episode, which is already just completely packed with value in and of itself. So 
Have a great rest of your day, guys. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of The Weekly Call. So we can turn on the stress response just by thought alone. We can think about our problems and turn on those chemicals. That means then our thoughts could make us sick. So if it's possible that our thoughts could make us sick, is it possible then our thoughts could make us well? The answer is absolutely yes. You're listening to the Weekly Call Podcast with Austin, Hammer, and John. Welcome. It's enormously important that you do have the right friends. If they make you a better person than you otherwise would be, that's the ultimate gift. It deals for the most part with success. It deals with people who you started your life off with and what success does to them. People look at you strange saying you changed, like you worked that hard to stay the same, like you're doing all this for a reason. Remind yourself, this fight that you're in, this is what will make you stronger. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Weekly Call. As usual, we've got myself, Austin, out in Elmer, Quebec, uh, Amar out in Etobicoke, Ontario, and John Morgan the third in Kelowna, BC. We're also joined, or should I say, rejoined by For the first Justin. time ever. Yeah, first ever. I don't know if it's the is it the first ever re- uh, recurring guest? No, I think Griffin we'll put it this was the way, first, the first time. The first time guest. guys okay. came up, said, "Hey, I'm going to go hit a home run," and they came back on the podcast and said, "I hit five. Yeah, exactly. So back in Pretty I believe dirty. it was March, we had Justin Georgopoulos and Broder Curry on the podcast, two up and coming rookie operators with student works painting so for anyone who isn't a part of student works that essentially means that these two gentlemen were starting to learn how to run a business for the first time uh, a service business in eastern canada uh one of them justin who was in house painting broder who was in window cleaning both targeted at the residential market uh they ended up finishing number one as like as they planned back in March in their as respective categories, as they said, live back, you can listen. They're live, live now. So uh, we got Justin, who is based out of London, Ontario, and who finished the year and broke the all-time rookie record with four hundred and fifty-seven thousand four hundred and thirty-four dollars in revenue. At the peak operation, he had fifteen employees uh, over uh, and and completed over hundred and ten contracts for house painting. And generated over 1,200 leads in eight months, 900 of which were cold calls. So literally just going out there, grinding it, door-to-door marketing, 900 names. Just to put um, in perspective, I only generated 600 leads this yeah, year. Yeah, John, just you just got pigeon-tossed. Uh, and then, so first of all, welcome to the podcast, Justin. Awesome, thank you. And on the other side, we have Broder Curry, who uh, was the rookie window cleaning operator of the year and finished just over $200,000 in revenue at $200,464. He, over seven months, ran a, as I said, $200,000 window cleaning operation, completed 308 residential window cleaning contracts with over 900 leads generated in seven months. These two gentlemen were also, it's very important to note, uh, full-time students at the same time. Are, are both of you full-time students, by the way? I never even asked. No, I'm not. Broder. Justin, no. Broder is? Yeah, I'm overloading right now. Okay. So, Broder, you're a full-time university student. Justin, you happen to not be in school at the time. Still over eight months running just shy of a half a million dollar business for the first time of you ever running a business. Gentlemen, we're just so excited to have you on right now to just pick your brains about everything you've gone out and learned in the past eight months. So a warm welcome to both of you. Re-welcome. 
Thank you for having us. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So I got to be honest when I was, I was doing a bit of like, I was with Justin and Broder before the podcast and just kind of getting myself familiar. I was like, okay, how many months were you operational? Okay. What was your revenue? Okay. How many leads did you get? Okay. How many houses did you do? And John, who by the way is on the West coast. And so he doesn't get to see all of these stats like I do. Cause I can see you guys climbing the leaderboards every week. Like I, I see this happening, right? John just doesn't understand what's going on over there on the West coast. So I wish, I think we're just going to have to release. Cause I think we were recording, but on another recording, just, we're going to have no, to release back, John's though. literally John's Bring this eyes back, were like popping out of his head. He's Bring like, this back Nine. though. So wait, how many, <laughs> um, how many of the leads, cause Brody, you said you had 900 leads. Yeah. Okay. I mean, just the fact that between the two of you, you guys generated 2,100 leads. I mean, that's you guys are, cause you guys are <laughs> both in the same turf, right? Like nine, you guys are both in London. Yeah. Ontario. We live in the same house too. Yeah. Your roommates. Oh, what? Oh, Dude, yeah. you guys, were you guys like sharing numbers here? Like no, we're actually <laughs> Dude, opposite. That's crazy. Opposite well, turfs of each other. Well, how it works is London's divided right into, or at least for window cleaning. And way back when last October, November, we assumed, Hey, we're going to live in the same house. We're going to have the same turf crush it. That's but insane. Actually, you didn't. Well, we hopefully we crush it. We're gonna crush it again next year. Man, you guys gotta be careful, man. They're gonna ban cold calling where you guys are at, man. Jesus. The exact Holy order shit. of where my turf ends is right where Geo starts. So we actually have opposite turfs in London. Well, good thing, man, because otherwise, I mean, <laughs> can you imagine if you guys were doing that much door knocking in one community? So like, let's, dude. I, man, like my goal, like I, like I remember, like I said to Trisha, like I want to get door knocking banned in Kelowna. That's how hard I want to go, right? <laughs> And here's me thinking I'm tough shit because I have 379 cold call leads. Like I'm embarrassed. Like what? You got yeah. like how my I'm so like my mind is so blown right now. Broder, how many um of the 900 leads were cold call? 54 percent. So I don't know what number it was. But so, so about 550. I, 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 I you, yeah. dude, this is so wild. My perception of how you like, dude, that's so good for you guys. Good Jesus. So let's start with the marketing side. So uh, it makes sense to start there. That's where the business efforts and everything begins, right? Going out and actually generating as, as, as one the age old saying, drumming up some business. What, when you guys went and hit the streets in February, and then you came on the podcast in March, you were already kind of number one, like you, you, you were out the gate quick, right? So after we had you on, you were number one, that little gap between selling all this work and, and, you know, generating all this interest in your business and generating this, you know, real big sense of demand around services in London with regards to supporting students. What did you guys find was your biggest challenge generating all these leads? Like from a marketing and sales standpoint, what was the thing that ended up being your biggest challenge based on the scale of business you guys wanted to run? I, I have an answer. Gio is definitely the guy to talk to when it comes to knocking on doors. This guy had bloody knuckles by the time it was February for sure. <laughs> he was definitely knocking on doors. Um, my biggest thing was I was still trying to learn the business. So I was going out knocking on doors, getting business, but then I still didn't really know how to sell or how to clean a window or, or stuff like that. So I felt like I was putting all my effort into door knocking and that's all the energy I had was just, Hey, okay. I don't know how we're going to do production. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. Mm -hmm. The only thing that's in my control right now is I can just go out and continuously knock on doors until I hit my goals and my team. Same, same thing. Man, that's such a fucking beautiful thing. Jesus. I love that. Yeah. Um, wonderfully said Broder, similar to me. Um, but probably the hardest thing was keeping my, my team motivated to keep knocking. Um, that was definitely the most difficult thing, but 
they stayed motivated and uh, I did have some savings that were spent upon them and they're happy and everything was good. And you were out in the field with them, right? You were leading from the front. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, w- I actually started knocking in October before I started student works and I got not getting in trouble, but I, act- I was actually in the wrong turf. So I gave, <laughs> I gave Nick Fenn the leads that I got, but I had a good start of getting familiar with door to door. And then January, when I realized what my turf actually was and started strong, then, then uh, we went hard. So you didn't even care. You're like, I don't even care where I'm. I'm just knocking on doors for the sake of knocking on doors. Like, I don't even care. What a great, great mindset to have. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that was your turf. Here's these. I don't even know which area I'm getting, but I'm going to work on this one already. And John, (laughs) just for reference, Nick Fenn is also our roommate. Yeah. He also lives with us, dude. I'm about to move oh, out to London. I don't know that. That's crazy. I think I need. To, I think I need to move out to London and just join this. Join the. Join the mansion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's actually. Uh, I, I guess you're saying for the scale too. Like, how many, how many door to door marketers did you guys have with you in your flying V that you were going door to door with every week? Like, how many? What? If somebody were to see you guys, how many could you be found with usually each time? I, I had seven, so eight, including myself. So you guys would go out all together all the time, or would you lead like two different groups of, let's say three or four? So the way it worked, especially in second semester of school, usually it was a minimum of four guys. And very rarely do we have all eight of us. And as well, it was COVID. So when you saw eight guys or guys. True, true. So what we would usually do is if all eight of us were out, we would kind of divide into two groups of four just so that, you know, we didn't get in trouble in the neighborhoods because COVID was still obviously. Right. Right. So you guys, so you had eight and each of those eight people would go out, uh, let's say two times a week, three times a week with you. And you would go out five days to, to disperse yourself across those two groups or how would that work? Yeah. So I would go like four. I didn't go five. I wish I, that's the one regret I have. I would go around like four times a week. And my sales rep and I would both manage the group. So, okay, cool. If either of us were there, I felt comfortable. And when you're like, Justin, was this similar for you? Like when you were like similar numbers, similar? No, um, I had about three, like three other marketers. Typically it was me and, and two others. So three of us. Yeah. Um, I would go out about, I started seven days a week until quotes started happening on Saturday, Sunday. And then they would go five days a week. So they were very dedicated uh, they both practice the Wim Hof method. So they love being out in the snow and we would have fun. <laughs> with that. Um, oh, dude, that's awesome. So how do you like my experience running door to door marketing training sessions with people and, and marketers in my business over the past couple of years is the biggest challenge in, in from a door to door marketer position is turnover, keeping people extremely motivated, extremely dedicated and, and actually making them pretty well stoic, right? Like not having them get really boosted up in the wins and really downs in the losses. Just like, Hey, we just got to knock on doors. Like that, that's the name of the game, right? Is number of doors hit and be consistent. Don't let the, don't let your results change your tone. And then your tone doesn't get you leads and all that stuff. Like how did, cause when I hear this, I don't hear, Oh man, how do I go find seven people? No, no, that's not the challenge. It's find seven people and keep them for like three months or four months while you're marketing. Right. So how did you guys do that? Uh, I, I, my, the quote that I always thought of, especially when I started knocking on doors myself is success is walking from failure to failure with like no loss of enthusiasm, mm. right? Like that's literally all. Mm. So when you're at a door, it's 
quite literal. Like in order to succeed, you have to walk from failure to failure as in, no, get away from me. No, I don't want your shit. No, I don't want your window cleaning. What's yeah. snowing, right? And then it's snowing, one, right? it's snowing and, and we're in a red zone. Yeah. <laughs> like for yeah. COVID, yeah. Right. And then that one door hits and, and it's, it's that consistent process over time that goes. And then the other part was to use a, a sports analogy. I just brought the noise. I just brought the enthusiasm. Like when I was there, I was sprinting from door to door and I would yell out, you guys aren't getting more leads than me today. You're not getting more leads than me. It's like just enthusiasm and almost a competitive team environment. Right. So then the guys and girls are, are bought in. That's the way I ran marketing at least. <laughs> Hopefully it worked. Hopefully the guys and girls didn't hate me after that, but yeah. yeah. Just getting, just getting emasculated by Broder every day. I would, I would definitely want to show up the next day and kick your ass though. Like if you were doing that to me for sure. Yeah. And, and then, and then that works. Right. So and also Justin, any, I, got, I got my ass kicked a couple of times. After yeah. That. Which is, and then you're laughing. You're like, the structure is awesome. <laughs> I'm getting my ass kicked by my marketer. Um, and Justin, any, any differences that you did there or you made there? Yeah, I would like, I really enrolled the, it was Jack and Mika, my two studs. I really enrolled them into the fact that we're making history. So I was just like, every, every door we're making history boys. So history in the sense that you're breaking the record. Yeah. Just like it's a pandemic. Like who else is knocking on a door right now? Like this is sick. Like this is defining us in our future. Like, let's go. Like just really buying in that idea that this yeah, like is, you're going to tell your grandkids this shit yeah, type like, of thing. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's really moving. Like, it seems like from a very early point in the year, you guys had complete strangers bought in at like a cellular level. Like they were like, oh man, I see these guys. I see their, I, I, I want to be a part of this mentality, this team, right? Like that, that to me is what I really hope people hear from this is that, oh man, these guys didn't just go run a half million dollar business and painting or a $200,000 business and window cleaning. It's like, no, they created a tribe, you know, like they created a, uh, like just a group of people who all wanted to accomplish something similar. Uh, give me a ratio of what you think is like uh, real for your, that, that dictated you hitting your goals. Would you put, well, in terms of importance, would you say that it's 50% mindset, 50% business tactics, 60% mindset, 40% business tactics? How would you place that ratio? I'm personally interested in how you weigh these out. We'll start with you, Broder. Um, I'm just going to, I'm solely going to talk from my business. Yes. This might not be my opinion if I were to start another business in the future, but just how it panned out, I'm going like 75 mindset, 25 business tactics. And wow, that's solely because just like I told you, Austin, there was like, my mindset was lead from the front, not sit back and go, Oh, you're doing this wrong or you could do that better. So my mindset is why all of my team members came together, I think, because it was a team environment and it was, let's do this together. So when I say mindset, I don't mean my mindset. I mean, like the mindset of the team was the culture there. That's the word I was looking for. The, the culture was 75. Heck, it could even be 85. Wow. Yeah. Bro, built, built an incredible culture. Just having his team over. I was like, yeah, you got something going there. Whoa. Uh, and how, how would you ratio it? Just. I would reach you like 95% mindset, like 5% business. Jeez. And that might sound like exaggeration, but that's like all I really knew before coming into student works was like reading Think and Grow Rich and reading, you know, The Secret and like things like that. And just really using that. Mm. So Justin, follow up on that then. Do you think that literally anybody could go run 
a $457,000 painting business in, in eight months? Yeah. Well, there's obviously other factors in play, but I was thinking about this earlier. I think anyone, any rookie listening to this, like you want to go after it. If you just truly believe that you could do it and, and put in the work, like, you know, not even any rookie, wrong. any person that's considered gaining business experience. Yeah. I would, I would study your mind in business, study the mind. Yeah. Like it, it, I've, I've said this from my, my review of my experience after my first year of running a business was that I, I felt like I had a responsibility to myself to run a business for the rest of my life because running a business essentially just held a magnifying glass over the rest of my life. Nice. Yeah. And I was like, Oh man, it just showed me where I'm bad at communication, where I'm bad at organization, where I'm bad at financial literacy. It, it literally just went like, Oh, you don't know this. Here's an immediate cost to that. Whereas in your life, it seems like something, sometimes it just gets delayed by like 10 years, you know, like you'll do one thing and then it won't show up for 10 years, but in a business, it'll show up tomorrow or that day. <laughs> You know, and then it's like, oh, that's pretty cool. So I, I, I'm, I love to hear you say that because I, I obviously agree. There's many variables that go into that. I think anyone can run a half a million dollar painting business quote, but, um, yeah, it is very moving. I, I, I do agree personally. <clears throat> I want, I want to ask because uh, Justin, the night that you went and collected your awards, um, everybody went out to the clubs. You decided to come over to my place and talk about next year. Oh, many, damn. I didn't know that. Not many people know that the night he, he's, he's, he has all the awards, all the recognition. Everybody's jumping on a bus to go to the clubs. Nothing wrong with celebrating at all. He jumped on an Uber to meet me in my condo and talk strategy and how to maximize decision-making for what to do for next year. Okay. Now I just wanted to highlight that. And my, my follow-up question to both of you is as you're, Number one, this is something Austin, myself, and, and John were exposed to constantly, is all lights on you. Your tires get a little bit pumped. Oh, you're feeling a little nice, a little fat, you know. What are you guys doing to curb the ego and stay realistic? Because your goals for both of you will be significantly increased in next year, which will mean there's going to be more work. What are you guys doing to hush the entitlement that may be growing? inside of your gut? Great question. Um, I'll, I'll take this one first because I definitely felt that. And, and I battle with that because we're humans, right? You feel that. But uh, getting back into running, doing best to get up at 5 or 5.30 and like just keep that the same mentality I had before. Um, realize that this is not nothing. I'm not going to, but this is little compared to what I want to do in my life. And I, if I'm going to get content at this level, like that's going to, it's going to be the death of me. Um, and also, I, in order to really show that the mindset and all this works that I'm explaining, because that's really what I want to do in my life is show we, we have so much potential in us that I got to do it bigger, better every year to show it like, because that's what I want to do. So if that's what I want to do and I believe in my mindset, that's what I'm going to do. Um, so I can't get content, uh, but definitely felt the ego inflated. And uh, and and yeah, like I, I noticed like it can definitely change you and, and doing my best to stay to my core. I, 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 yeah go ahead no no go for it yeah so when you said you want to make sure you emulate the same habits have you actually because you know john mentions the he, he talked about um, darren hardy's book the compound effect 
And one of the biggest things that's important there is habits. And even more important is tracking the inputs. Um, do you have a comprehensive list of every single input that you've been able to do to get your business to this level? Or no. like an idea of what those inputs would look like? Because you said waking up at 5.30, that's an input that you did that got you success. Mm. Maybe reading a specific book, doing the oh, Wim Hof reading. Yeah. Do you have an idea of what that list of inputs would be like? And is that what you what you meant by that? Yeah, so I have... I don't have a full list of like, this is how much water I drink, this, 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 but it's like, uh, I read, uh, the greatest salesman in the world. I, I read that every day. Um, it's just like a, you read it to the same chapter for a month and then you go to the next chapter, read the same chapter for a month. And I did that since October. And it was just a habit that if I were, if I were about to forget, like even my girlfriend would mention, Hey, like remember to read your chapter. Um, and, uh, that was one thing. And then like my, my affirmations and, and praying and, and a lot of things like that is what I was really really focused on uh obviously there's other things that come into play when you're doing production like it's not all just up in you know in your mind but um that was the major thing so i i appreciate you saying that because i'm going to get back on that book now yeah awesome man and and broder what are you doing to curb you know this uh, uh this moss of comfort for sure i uh geo knows this i'm a massive matthew mcconaughey fan so uh, I read the book Green Lights 12, 13 times. Wow. Favorite book I've ever read. I actually listened to it because his voice is just, it's, it's yeah, such a good audio book. Wow. All right, all right, all right. But so he, not in the book, but actually in one of his speeches when he won the Oscar or Best Picture, Dallas Buyers Club, big movie guy, he wins the Oscar. That's the pinnacle. Gio and I just won our Oscar. We got rookie of the year. That's as high as we can go. And in his speech, he literally says, you need something to look forward to maybe, you know, your family, your friends, something to look up to, you know, your idols, et cetera, and then something to chase. So that third one, something to chase is what we're talking about right now. And he says his person that he's chasing, you know, he got asked the question when he was 15, he says, Oh, let me know in 10 years. Well, when I was 15, I was chasing me at 25. But then when I got to 25, I was chasing me at 35 and it keeps going. You're never going to catch yourself 10 years from now. So I always have something to chase. Listen, I'm 21, Gio, we're 22, 23 years old. We've done nothing. Like we haven't scratched the surface of our potential. Look at who we're mm. on the call with. You guys have already crushed it. You're a couple years older than us. So we're chasing you guys. We're chasing our heroes. We're chasing those people. Obviously accomplishments are awesome. You need to celebrate them. But only those who are willing to risk going too far really understand how far you can go. So I think that's my thing, just always someone or something to chase for sure yeah who, who are your idols you mentioned idols who do you look up to i think that's a big one i think the first one is like myself in 10 years and it kind of sounds egotistical because you should never look up to yourself i think that's kind of but i just see a life for myself and i know that in order to attain that i can't be satisfied i think that's a big one um I think another big one, uh, one that I like at least uh, is Will Smith. I know it's a kind of obscure one. He just, he talks a lot about fear. Now uh, you have to embrace fear. And I really like that. Um, to be honest, when I started Stumworks, I was pretty scared. I didn't know what to do. And listening to that and just a bunch of different authors, I, I think I've overcome that fear of fear. So I think that's the first person that would come to my mind, at least. I also look up to Gio. He's my roommate. I'll shout him out because oh I only God. ran 200. He ran more than double than me. So. I think looking up to people close to you in your circle and surrounding yourself with those right people, I think that's a good way to go too. Yeah, mm -hmm. ditto, Broder, ditto for sure. Wow.
Justin, what, who are some of your idols? Um, Marcus Aurelius, uh, Socrates, um, Elliot Hulse, uh, Paul Cech. Um, there's so many like napoleon hill there's just so i could keep uh, listening <laughs> nice man there yeah, that's is. that's john holding a bust of marcus wow. aurelius that he you keeps on his yourself desk. you molded that yourself yeah it's like that scene from the movie yeah <laughs> uh yeah there's so many there's so many i could name a bunch of authors but especially the 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 goats like socrates playing yeah. questioning things is that on purpose so you know, because there, there's a lot of, would say, contemporary books you could read, you know, that are sort of derivatives of, you know, of that ancient wisdom, right? That, you you know, you could, like, like I would Ryan imagine, Holiday. even, even more contemporary than that, I would, you know, I, you, you know, but you could go to any, you could go to any bookstore and, you, you know, pick some book on the side aisle and, it, you know, talk about a lot of the stuff you're reading about. Why have you chosen to go, you know, you know, to the source? hypothetically yeah why have you hiked to the glacier and gone that water versus the water at the bottom of the mountain um well my my blood's from sparta greece so i was always interested in in the spartans and the warriors and and their kind of uh, their mentality i know the spartans would like only bathe in cold water um you have to go well this is this is hearsay hearsay but i don't know if this is true but you have to get a wolf bring it back as a kid then you're you know then you're a man oh, yeah 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 we did you know, talk about a, that once actually yeah so there's just so many things that, that really stuck out to me and and um that's when i really got into reading that i also studied philosophy in university and and psychology so ancient philosophy was my favorite course um so yeah so you guys as rookies would have experienced a moment or a couple of moments in your business where you were like, oh, shoot, maybe I should have been easier on my goal because this is so damn stressful to try and produce. Oh, did shoot. You, <laughs> did you guys experience that moment where you're like, whoa, like I actually need this many employees. Like, whoa, like all these people, there's just a total other side to business. All these, all these mistakes. This client is holding my check. He's not paying until we fix this. This is happening here. This guy wants to quit last second. Did, was that was there a moment where you were like biting your nail hypothetically speaking and you're like oh man like i'm about to make a fool out of myself and how did you get how did you get out of it <laughs> i i like just thinking on this podcast shameless plug here if those who are listening if you go back to the first time we were on this podcast um i think it was austin pulled up our numbers nine and justin's and it was how many and i put in quotations sales we had and we were feeling good. We were like, wow, we've sold X amount. And I think it was John, or I can't remember who mentioned it. They just told us, actually, no, those aren't sales. Those are actually liabilities. Yeah. You've now sold this much work, but no, now you have to go out and produce. Your yeah. end of the bargain is the service for that amount of dollars to that amount of clients. That was my first realization of going, oh, shoot as Amber said there, I actually have to go out and successfully produce this. And I'm not the one doing it. I have to find a team to then go and produce it. So shameless plug, go watch that episode or listen to that episode. That was I'm glad you heard that Broder. Cause I said that to Amber, that was the Amber. Do you remember that was the first phone call we ever had is when I told you that you called me and I was, you were like way behind me. That's the week that you passed me. And I never caught up to you ever that first phone call that you made to me, like randomly, you were like, yo, what are you doing mm -hmm. differently? And I was like, 
I'm doing nothing differently. I have more liabilities than you or something. I said like mm. that. And you were like, what do you mean? And then I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that that resonated with you too, Broder, because it is easy to look at the sales figure and go, that's high. But when you haven't started production yet, it's just all in the liability column, you know? Um, Justin, what was your, oh, shoot moment where you slap in your knee and you're going, ah, darn. When I told everyone of my goal, <laughs> like when I first started, after I got all excited, I was like, okay, I just told everyone I'm going to do 300. Um, and then at, like during the max or the, the production launch meeting with Joe, I was just shaking in my boots. I was like, holy fuck, there's so much to do. Um, and then the, the pinnacle was, you know, I got seven crews going, um, no, no production manager. Cause something happened there. And, uh, my van's gone from my parking lot with all my paint, my ladders. Everything. Oh yeah. I want to talk to you about this. You got your car stolen. Yeah. So everything was gone. Um, and I was just like, Oh my God. What, like, what months are we in right now? July, June. June. Yeah. Oh, you're in the, you're in the heart of peak oh, season. The peak. So you're waking up this morning and you know, boom, you're ready like, to start You're you got a boom. You got a going. boom showing up. Yeah, I got boom. I got all these things going on. You got 14 and... employees, seven job sites, no van. Walk me through that. Yeah. So I was actually just taking my morning pee and I was looking out the window and I didn't see my van. I'm like, what the fuck? And then I go outside and it wasn't there. <laughs> so I called the cops. Um, they like, they, they did their best, but they don't have any, anything to say at that point. Um, <laughs> So I guys were nice. They weren't helpful though. Yeah. Yeah. So I called my, one of my painters, he had a roof rack on his, uh, very small car. We had to pick up a 40 foot that day. So we just got 40 and, uh, and then we just kept going and and I told some clients and they're like, okay, they kind of took it a bit easier on us. But at the end of the day, it's like the show has got to go on. So, um, just bought, bought more paint, bought more rollers, bought more backup supplies. And then just, you know, no time to really like, unreal so like all of your crews were operational that day nothing yeah shut it down did you buy another van right away or did you rent something out like how'd you go about this i used my civic for the i I had my civic uh had one i so i had the the two roof racks on it but one was broken so i just had one roof rack so i had my (laughs) civic with one roof rack how'd that even work i would just have the ladder like that going up on an angle (laughs) like it's just on the metal part of the car yeah that's so jokes and uh I remember there's a spare tire on it. it. Just looks so ghetto. And I'm showing up to the clients. So I was like, what the, um, but uh, uh, yeah, we used the civic for most of the rest of the year, but then, then no, no. And then two weeks later, the van was like, I got the van back. So this one cop in Peterborough, uh, he was like putting in work out of his own like business hours or whatever. And he found it uh, mm-hmm. in Strathroy. And so I got it back. Everything was gone. It was like, there's crack pipes in it. There's like lingerie and like counterfeit Chinese money and like just weird, Jeez. weird stuff in there. Remember Broder and I were going through it, but there's a paint sprayer, which was sick. So I got a paint sprayer. What? And a DeWalt drill. I was like, oh, this is kind of nice. Dude, they stole your car and <laughs> ran a painting business out of it. Yo, wait, that, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is Bring crazy. this back. Bring this back. Bring this, this back. So you didn't have a sprayer. They no. stole your van. Yeah. You got it back with a sprayer. <laughs> yeah. And I was doing, Yo, I was dude, that's the Lord blessing <laughs> you with that. Another there's reason to move to London. Dude, yeah, I, this I, I, reminds I, me of the scene from uh, the other guys when they're like, oh, yeah, man, yeah, dirty yeah, Mike and the boys. Yeah, yeah, that's funny you say that because I was driving around with Nick Fenn and we saw this, these like looking for the van. We're just driving around London. And I see these cops in this parking lot. So we, we came to the cops. We're like, hey, like someone stole my van. And he's like, oh, like, you know, I wouldn't even want that back. Like, have you seen other guys like Dirty Mike and the boys? That's the cops said to me. I'm like, man. The cops said that to you. 
and I didn't know what that was. So I was like, what is that? You can't explain. It's like, oh, it's a soup kitchen. I think there was a, there was a, what was it like a deer carcass or something? It was like a raccoon give birth in the back or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. All kinds of wildness around there. Good Will Ferrell movie reference. So, yo, you got the van back. So this cop just helped you out. Like, did you know this cop? No. So he, he started, he reached out on Instagram and then uh, he just, cause people were sharing my posts, like so many shares. Yeah. I just want to give you so many shares. I want to give Justin some credit because any person would just be caught up in emotion and then resort to maybe irrational uh, behavior. Justin actually sat down and wrote a very transparent, vulnerable and enrolling Facebook post asking the community to come together to support his business. Yeah. And the business and the post went viral. So you got to give yourself some credit there, man. Like this is not just out of nowhere. You actually put together one of the easiest to read uh, enrolling Facebook posts that I've ever read. So really <laughs> well done on that. Like that was incredible. G- G- I got I to gotta ask, okay, how did stoicism, because I have to imagine it, it, yeah. it had oh, okay. it helped you some bit. Walk us through that, you okay. know, how that so, kind of helped you. I'm outside and uh, I'm looking in the empty parking lot. And then uh, my, my girlfriend actually comes up beside me because she's going to work too. She doesn't know about it. She's like, where's your van? Like, it's stolen. Like, she's bawling, crying for me. But I just looked at her. I was like, hey, this is somehow this is part of the plan. Like, this is, and that's what I wow. believe. It's part of the plan. Um, and, and it's also a good time to practice. So you see things like that happen. I know like Aubrey Marcus, a guy I follow, he was driving on a highway, got smoked by a side rail, like split his face and happened right away. He's like saying, thank you. He's like, now is the time to practice. Like, wow. So I'd, not that I was like, I was stressed out at first, for sure. After a good t- chat with my brother and some, you know, thinking, I was like, hey, we got to move forward. Yeah, yeah so I just wanted to highlight, I'm, I'm screen sharing uh, for the guys on the podcast here. Justin's post about his van got 376 shares. Which is <laughs> I love just that like, comment. <laughs> just insane. <laughs> which oh, is just insane. <laughs> I've never seen that. You're like, you're like, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it wasn't Toad. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, so. I think that's the same guy who said I had baby hands. It's, it's just all over the <laughs> You're joking. <laughs> this guy's over. No, no, I'm just oh, Yo, oh, Amher still rattled from that baby hands comment. Yo, oh, no, so, and then, and then people were posting, you got, uh, you got it back. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the photo I remember reading. That, yeah, that, yeah, was, yeah. that was the post. Yo, I, I honestly could not believe like I, I live five hours away from you like i'm just following this story like the odds of this person driving this van to elmer quebec are so low when i saw this post of you and your van i was like i, I was literally like this on my couch i was like yes <laughs> i was just like fuck yeah like just that's this awesome. i'm like he got it like i could not believe <laughs> yeah. that you got it back like that's so such a low chance you know yeah. Yeah, I, I got to ask this because this is this is not usually talked about. And this is a realization that I first made in private and then brought to John and Austin. But mm-hmm. it's a very, very important one. When, you ha- when you're striving for these big goals and all eyes are, are on you, there's a lot of sacrifices that get made. And sacrifices that should not be made usually get made, such as your health, your family, your love life. Um, what are you like? Are you guys, did you guys experience those impacts? And- you know, take a second to think about that. And what are you doing to maybe prevent that? Or is that not important? Do you see sacrificing your health as an important part of this journey? Like, what's your perspective on getting that uh, roundedness in your life? Do you think that's a naive way to look at life? Do you think um, it's possible to have health, wealth, love and happiness at the same time? Because really, 
these habits that you're going to start to instill will start will start to shape what you look like. You know, you guys might be very wealthy, but you might be overweight as well. So what are you guys putting in place? Or do you actually care about this stuff? What are you guys putting in place to have more roundedness? Because there's a lot of pressure to perform and things will start getting cut from the table. Are you calling me fat? Well, I don't know. I can't see your waist, but no, no, I remember it. It's quite the big guy. I feel like I can, I don't want to jump on this deal, but yeah, I, I, I don't remember the date and I wish I remember the date, but we both mid season had a realization and we had a conversation and Gio will probably remember. We talked about four pillars. We literally sat down and I was like, I think I've gained like 10 pounds. Cause that was what I sacrificed. I put yeah. all my mental freak out funds and mental currency into the business into my relationship with my family and with my girlfriend and my friends. And then I put it into thinking about how to grow the business. I didn't put it into my health at all. I definitely lost that pillar. And Jill and I sat down one day in the kitchen at our house here. And I was like, I think we just need to realize that there's four pillars in life, right? There's health, there's, you know, your, your family and friends, right? There's your spiritual, you know, so like that, and then there's your career. We'll call it career business for us here. And I was like, those are the four pillars that you need to focus on. And or I think Gio was the one who said it. And I was just like, well, it kind of put me in perspective that you can have all four. And I think the big thing for us and Gio and I now go to the same gym um, here in London. I think that was the biggest shift was to hey, realize that you can have all four and you just have to make sure that you get that one that you're missing back on track, at least for me. What about you, Gio? For sure, bro. And I want to shout out Broder because like right there just demonstrates his leadership and um, and just like the, the kind of, the kind of man he is. Cause he actually came up with that. I feel like you don't even remember that you came up with that and you're giving me credit and that's fucking awesome. Like that's the type of man you are. Uh, wow. and, uh, but, uh, yeah, my health for sure. Um, took a, took a back toll, like just the running, I, I was running a lot before and I was keeping my mind sharp and then started running the business. Now I was like running the business, but I could have kept, I could have kept running. there's a lot of excuses I made, um, health. I didn't fast as much as I would like to. I used to fast a lot more um pretty do you, uh, and, do you and think reading. it's possible to keep these things and double or triple your goal yeah like i was just reading uh the secrets of the millionaire mind and it's like uh rich people think of both and and like poor people tend to think of either or um so really my focus on and actually it's great because i had an action step in the book is to practice this is i want it all i want both i want health happiness relationship friends family spiritual um you know faith all that I think it's totally possible. I think that actually will help you run a bigger business. Wow. What was your, uh, I want to know your social media time for both of you and your time on the phone. And Oof. What, what was that like? Like screen time as in screen time just for business or like for leisure and, and leisure. I'm talking le like Netflix, YouTube. <laughs> I'm talking leisure. Yeah. yeah. Like Instagram, <laughs> Snapchat, porn. Yeah. Like what, what, what was going on in that end? Yeah. Porn's cut. Yeah. Cut. Um, cut. I think that's a, that's not good for, for our culture. Um, but that's my own opinion. Um, but, um, Instagram. Yeah. I, I come to find myself scrolling on Instagram. I didn't have Snapchat. I deleted a couple other things. Um, but YouTube a lot and, uh, Netflix, not as much, but the odd time my girlfriend, I would watch a movie, but I've been watching a lot more Netflix lately and getting a little, so I got to cut that now. Big squid game guy. No. <laughs> no, 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 we're not, we're not, not, we're not, a, not, not a no. I'm, a, I'm a big squid game guy, but we'll, we'll, we'll move on from that. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I want to know, because one of the things that personally I realized 
is the most important to reaching this next level is your word. What's your relationship with your word been over the past year specifically? Because you guys jumped on here, said you were going to do something that was hard and you did it. And throughout the year, you had to say and make a lot of commitments and then most of the time keep them. So what, 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 tell me about your relationship with integrity and your word. What was that like? I'm, I've always been a very competitive guy, like playing sports growing up. Um, competition's always been a big thing for me. So when it comes to my word, I feel like I'm almost competing with myself. It's like a, it's like a little game to me. It's like, if I can't beat myself, my own mental battles with my word, coming on the podcast saying I was going to do X amount. Um, I just went sober for the month of October just to, you know, whatever. I, I said I was going to do it. My girlfriend and I said I was going to do it just to, you know, refocus, et cetera. Because if I say I'm going to do something, I almost feel like I'm cheating myself and I'm my biggest critic. So if my word doesn't hold validity and hold true, then what am I, right? If, if you're not your word, then kind of like, what are you? And that's from a little kid. If I broke a pinky promise as a kid, I'd cry. I'd be sad, right? So <laughs> I think word's big for sure. Yeah, that, that's awesome. I, I remember actually as a kid too, I had this uh, idea that if I were to do things that I said I was going to do in the short term, then making long-term goals, I would trust myself to do them more. So it almost give me more belief in myself. So I'd actually like do little things like I'm going to go like run and, and touch Silver City Wall. Like that's like movie theater in London. And then I would just go and run and touch it. And it was almost like practicing, like I'm going to go and, and go to this and do this thing. Even if it didn't, wasn't really even relevant, just like do saying I'm going to do something and then doing it to like reinforce that. Um, and, it, and, and also obviously I wasn't impeccable with that this year. There was, there was habits and there was things that promises I made with clients and certain things that I, I didn't keep. And I was just, uh, that was just for me not being in integrity, but our word is our currency and uh, the value that you, that you're seen as others is really is based on your word. So I, I do want to improve my word drastically this year. And I know there's so much room for improvement. I know that to, in order to do the, like run the business that I want to run and have the culture I want to have, I'm going to have to be like as close to impeccable as I can. You know, it, it's interesting. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, in a lot of ways, and this is sort of a kind of, it might seem like a random segment, but if you look at people's perception of money nowadays and, and what's actually behind the money that we're using on a daily basis, if you think about what actually like some of the origins of, of actual currency, you know, money, you know, you would write a check. Okay. Now in a modern society, okay. I mean, bouncing it. I mean, who even writes checks anymore? Right. But you used to deposit, you know, some sort of value with a blacksmith or something like that. And you would get a credit of deposit. Okay. So, you know, you'd put some gold in with a blacksmith and that blacksmith would write, okay, you know, such and such person has, you know, however many ounces of gold at, at my shop. The integrity mattered. Right. And, and so the, the credit worthiness of an individual, I think, was so much more significant than it used to be. And it was just the assumption that most people were just integrous. Nowadays, it's just simply not the case. And so there's almost an arbitrage you know, situation for integrity and, and strong character nowadays, where the benefits of having a strong character are even better than they've ever been mm. amongst a society of, let's say, low character. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Like that's... your character can be backed by gold. Mm. Right. I think that's super like relevant to our business 
Gio and I were both rookies this year. So from January until May 1st for me was my first job. That integrity was all we were selling to our clients. We had no hundred percent. We had no past experience. We couldn't say, Hey, I did this last year. We couldn't show them proof that I did it. It was them trusting the, what trusting the words that I am telling them. I'm not trying to swindle them. I'm not trying to right. It is my word versus what they think my word is. That's what we were selling for four months. Yeah. And, and really, I mean, you know, when we say low character, I mean, essentially it's the, it's the debasement of that currency, right? Which is that your it's your credit worthiness, right? And it's so interesting how, how many people are willing to debase their, debase themselves, right? They're willing to, you know, cause I mean, the moment you start mixing a little bit of lead in there, you start mixing a little bit of copper, you know, and some people are okay with that. They start passing out coins that are 50%. Mm-hmm. you know, 50% uh, gold, right? They're like, I don't mm-hmm. even care. And then next thing you know, they're just out here just passing around paper currency, right? Mm-hmm. Forgetting that trying to return back to those days where, you know, your word actually meant something, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, some, there's some business owners listening to this right now who have set some goals and did not meet them. What would you tell that individual who, who's listening, who's just looking for something? What would you tell that person right now who had high aspirations, had some good habits, it didn't hit their goal. Yeah, write down why you think you didn't hit it. I think uh, write down why you think you didn't hit it and either set that goal again or set it bigger for next year. How much honesty is required for that why that you, that you just said there? The more honest, the, the more successful you're going to be. Mm. Justin, I'm curious. Yeah, you go for it. Yeah, Justin, I'm curious. At the beginning of the year, I think even before the year even started, I think this was actually like in November or maybe even December of uh, 2020, I guess it would be. Yeah. You would call me and said, hey, John, I'm a rookie. I'm going to be able to do, I see no reason why I can't do 200. Just no doubt in my mind, right? And I had said to you, I can think of a a thousand reasons, right? (laughs) And you were like, what? (laughs) such a john morgan well, and are you how and i was like i was like no yeah 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 i was like i was like you need to come up with some i forget what i said exactly but but yeah. i'm just curious though because you would you know because you and i actually had a conversation i want to say maybe two months ago maybe a month ago and you would sort of point it out that that conversation was a you know was a, a good conversation for you what were some of the things that you came up with that that you that you you know you you're like you know what these are some pitfalls i don't want to enter yeah so um uh, okay. So yeah. So I called you. I remember I was actually at McDonald's like doing some get, using Wi-Fi because everything was, a lot of things were shut down or I forget why I was at McDonald's, but anyway, give you a call. And you, you said, you're like, uh, yeah, like I was like, oh, I don't see why I couldn't do this. Like I got a good mindset, you know, I'm reading books. He's like, you're like, oh, I see so many reasons why. And, and if you want to be <laughs> successful, you have to, you have to find out why, because then you can see the road, the obstacles before they come and you can, you know, maneuver around them. And uh, so then I started thinking and uh, yeah, like social media time, just bad habits, getting complacent, achieving success fast, and then letting that stop me from going further, um, living in a fantasy of, oh, this is what I want to do. And then not really doing the actions, just thinking, oh, it's just going to come. It's just going to come. Uh, yeah, there's just so many things, but a lot of it came down to core habits. Do you think that's what held most people back? those things that you thought of? Do you think those are the things that when you, when you look at the people, you know, cause the beginning of the room, you know, cause here's the thing when you're all at the start line, it's easy to talk shit, right? 
race hasn't started. You're all just kind of stretching. You know, some guys have cool outfits, some people with their sunglasses on or whatever, right? Everyone's talking shit, right? Super easy, right? Mm-hmm. And even the first hundred meters, it's it's like, you know, it doesn't really mean much. I mean, some people are a little bit faster than the gate. Some are just kind of getting warmed up. But, you know, right around March and April, you know, you and Bro, because if I remember correctly, you guys both had, like, you guys not only led the pack, but you led the pack the whole way, right? Is that is that right? Yeah. yeah. So at some point in time, you guys looked left and you looked right and there was no one there. Mm-hmm. Maybe just each other, right? You, you know, obviously you looked left and right and there was there was the two of you. But at some point in time, you guys, you got out there. What kept yeah. you going? Yeah, so actually, cool you said that. Um, last year on October 31st, uh, I ran my first ultra marathon. And there was only, there wasn't a huge group of people. There was a handful of us. And at, at one point, I was very, very ahead because people actually stopped to, I think they stopped to get a snack. Um, but instead of stopping, I, I saw a, a river and I drank out of the river. I didn't want to stop to drink water. I just drank out of the river, kept going. And I realized I was very, very ahead. Um, and then I, I had this like kind of thought and it was like, this is what my business is going to be like. I will be this much ahead. And this is a reflection of how it's going to be. So either I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, slow up and, and get, you know, happy and maybe start to slow my stride a bit, or I'm going to go harder. Um, and then realize it's just me versus myself. And, uh, that's exactly what I did. And then, and then at the end I finished and I got to just like nap in my car and just chill. And it felt awesome. It felt very well-deserved. And then that's how I felt this year in the business. It was like a full uh, reflection. Is an ultra marathon a hundred kilometers? No, no. It's it's just more than a 50 or more. more. Yeah. It's 50 or more. 50 more. Okay, cool. Yeah. So how about you, brother? I think the quote and back to Amber's point, also this, and I talked about going sober for the month of October. So this has been burning a hole in my pocket. It's the quote at alcohol anonymous. It's like, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. I think that's the quote. Pardon it's my opening line in the Bible. That is well, right? serenity prayer. Yeah. Right. And so wow. talk about like, twofold we're talking about like the past so the first line is grant me the serenity to accept the things i cannot change so one i can't change the things in my past and also with this i can't change what other people are selling i can't change how other people are ahead or behind Mm. i I Mm. can't change that the second line is courage to change the things i can that's the only power i have is what can i do right and wisdom to know the difference so wisdom to know hey if that guy is next to me or isn't next to me, the wisdom is, Hey, well, I mean, it's why Amber and Austin started talking in the first place because the wisdom is, Hey, whether he's in front of me, behind me, the same, wherever they are, I can learn from that person. That's called wisdom. And I want some of their wisdom. I think that's the biggest thing is like the whole idea of the student works leaderboard is meant just so you can see a snapshot of where you are compared to the rest. But like, student works isn't everything i love student works but that's not like all that i'm chasing or or all that we are competing with right geo reads a lot of books i know john you read a lot of books too i'm sure there's a small part of you that are competing with what you've learned hey well when the wolf of wall street was my age he was also knocking on doors so if i want to be where he is or further shoot i should probably do that too so i think with the leaderboard there's more that you can chase than just that confined list that's how I try to look at it at least. Cause like you said, we were at the top. So there's no, 
there's no like easy person to call and goes, okay, they're one spot ahead of me. I want to call them. That's how I look at it at least. Yeah. And on January 1st, no one's on top. Right. So, and and that's a big thing. And and I guess like that, that's great that you pointed that out because over the past two years, well, we've been having a weekly call, the three of us, John Emmer and, and myself for three years, it's been a podcast for two. Um, we've changed that. Like, you know, there's been times where Amher's out front and then John's out front and then I'm out front. And it, and, and sometimes it just changes. Like maybe next year, one of you will do better than the next. And, but does that matter or does it really matter? Just, are you competing with what, you know, your internal standards to be, which is kind of what I, I got from you, Broder. Like if you look left and right, if there's 40 people at your pace or zero, if, if you let that change your effort at some point, it's a zero sum game. Right. So that's, that's pretty powerful. Yeah. Well, okay. But so, okay. Let's, let's, let's keep with that running analogy though. So, you know, at some point in time, and I don't know when, maybe it was early, maybe it was mid, maybe it was late. I don't know. Your muscles started hurting. Maybe you were a little tired. Self-doubt kicks in. I don't know. How did you guys overcome some of the obstacles that we all know you guys had? Because that's, I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions is you get, you, you know, I'm sure you guys had this too. You get to boat cruise, right? Sorry, I, I call it boat cruise, but you get to the annual event, okay? And there's, a, there's always a group of people on the boat. Sorry, again, I'm going to use boat cruise, but there's always, the, <laughs> there's always a group of people at the annual event that just start going off about all the obstacles they had as a justification as to why they didn't hit their goals. But everyone on this call, we all know that Justin and Broder, you guys probably had more obstacles than everyone else, <laughs> and yet you still finished. So kind of walk us through some of that self-talk or some of the tactics you guys had. You, I, think I think you're probably best. I have an analogy, but I think you're probably best to go first. I, Gio definitely went through more than I did this year, just the size of his business and some of the behind-the-scenes issues that I'm aware of. So I think you're probably better in tune to go first for this one yeah it's it's honestly hard it's a great question it's hard for me to answer I remember you uh, recommended me to read the book the obstacle is the way so that stands out to me right there about what you're asking and I could have internalized some of that philosophy um but and if we, we relate to running too yeah definitely lactic acid builds up you get sore I remember when I was actually running that marathon as a reflection of the business I started speaking out loud to myself saying like you're almost home you're almost home you know, keep going, like, like, keep, like, keeping that positivity and that enthusiasm. Um, so what, in terms of the business, yeah, I just, when, when the obstacle came, I saw it as an opportunity to, to practice. Sometimes it knocked me on my ass and I would have to ask for help and, and reach out to my, to people around me and get up. And then sometimes I'd have to go inside. Uh, and, but uh, it was all, it's all learning. And like, I see these, these years coming up, like we're young and, I want as many obstacles. Like I saw, there's this one thing. It's like, ask God for strength and God will give you obstacles. God doesn't just give you strength or any, anything in life it could be the universe, whatever you believe, like asking you shall receive. It doesn't always come in the way that you want it. So I know I want to become stronger. So that was my, that was what I was gifted. I was gifted obstacles. And I'm sure we all are in our life. We were gifted what we need. Um, so see it as a, see it as a gift. And I think that changes your relationship to how you're going to overcome it. Cause you see it like, this is for me. Um, and there's, there's a way around it. I just, let's find it. You know what I find fascinating is you and Broder have brought up 
four different quotes so far that you knew by heart, which just shows me how entrenched you are mentally in the mindset of things on what's going on in this house, the level of conversation, what's hanging on your wall right there. I mean, I just find that like really cool, man. And, you know, I just picked up on that and I want to give you credit. Um, now I, I do want to, I do want to dissect your revenue for a sec. Cause, cause here I'll give you a quote. Revenue is vanity and profit is sanity. I want to know how healthy were your profits? Cause anybody can run, you know, a large revenue business that has little to no profits. What are your profits like? I just want to chime in like super quick. Another analogy, and, and I thought mm, of the yeah, please running. Oh yes, yes. I'll answer that. I, I don't remember the guy's name. I think his name is uh, something Chipogi. He's the guy who ran the marathon in two hours. I think. Oh yeah, good luck trying to say that guy's name. But yeah, the yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry, I'm not the best with names, but you know who I'm talking about. So when yeah. you talk about obstacles, I'll never forget this. When I was younger, one of my hockey coaches um, before a championship game, very quiet, like conservative guy but when he spoke people respect him he came in and he had one pencil and he asked our captain he said snap that pencil it's a pencil you know a little lead you just break it it's no problem and then he pulled out a wad and there's 25 guys in a hockey team of 25 pencil he goes okay now break this and he was smashing it over the thing he was bending it didn't bend one bit he couldn't break it and his analogy was you can break because you're trying to tackle these obstacles by yourself but good luck mm -hmm breaking all 25 of us. And that was the analogy of the team. So when I built mm. my team, my whole thing was, I need to surround myself with people and with a culture that when we experience obstacles, we will overcome them. So yeah, that's to, great. To take it back to the running analogy, he ran the two hour marathon, but he had a group of marathon runners running with him to keep pace, a pace car. He had constant water. He had all this help to allow him to run that two hour marathon. And it's not possible without the help, without the 25 pencils. So that's, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, uh, yeah. that analogy shows up either in the Bible or the Quran. So it's like, it's actually like that, that I, I, probably, I've heard it's, that before. It's probably shown up in every single book that contains wisdom, Peter. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. 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 Let me, let me edit my question because I also just considered you guys obviously may not want to share how much you made, but I, I, I am just curious on, on just the, the black and white of was your, was satisfactory. Your, Yes. Was it actually sad? Did you actually make profit or do you feel like you fell, you sacrificed some profit to hit this revenue? That's what I'm actually curious about. I don't actually care how much you made. This is what I'm interested in because at the end of the day, we're not running a charity. Yep. We're running a business and we need to have healthy profits because oh, yeah. if you guys want to build your life, like you tell me, you need some money and a lot of it. So what, what was your profits like? Yeah, I think above average, healthy profits. Beautiful. And, and Broder, do you share that? I, I agree with Justin. I'm not one to talk finances, but the way I would would look at it is um, my mindset going into it was I'm a business student and we do all these cases about, again, like you guys just said, profitability and revenue. And I, what was the quote you said there, Amber? Was uh, Revenue is va vanity and profit is sanity. Vanity versus vanity. Okay. Yeah. So my mindset was how many businesses is there out there? Startups, because I'm going to call this a startup. We started from knocking on doors. How many startup businesses make profit within the first two years? It's very little. So my mindset was I said a number I wanted to make and everything over that was positive, 
right? So my mindset going in was I know this is a two-year plan and wasn't going to just run the business for a year. So my thing was I sacrificed X percent of profits on purpose mm. to then duplicate that exponentially this year. So mm. I'm not going to say how much it was, but the strategy was I spent a little more money. And now next year I have three managers already signed on that were in my business because they're, they felt taken care wow. of they felt attached. And then that helped build the culture, investing a little bit of money in, you know, a nice dinner for the team, uh, a golf round, just little stuff like that. Harboring culture. Yeah, Har exactly. Harboring culture. I, I added that to an expense on the, on the income statement to then reap more revenue, specifically reap more profit come this year. Yeah. What you were saying, I actually have this, I actually gave this to my general manager too, but there's a, a canvas that I got a quote printed out on and I'm going to read this. It's from uh, Cyrus the Great. And this is the quote. It goes, success always calls for greater generosity. Though most people lost in the darkness of their own egos treated as an occasion for greater greed, collecting loot is not an end of in itself but only a means for building an empire. Riches would be of little use to us now, except as a means of winning new friends. And that's what you just said. Yeah, beautiful. And, and, and this was my follow-up question. Uh, the, the wealth that you guys generated this, this year, where are you deploying that to, to build your empire? The money they generated this. The money, yeah. This, yeah. I, yeah. Language does matter here. So yeah, the money that you did generate, where are you, how are you deploying it? Um, I, I mean, like specifically, yeah, you can go, Joe. Like cash flow, where is that cash flow? Yeah, like I, I, I'm deploying it into different areas. Uh, one area that I'm really fascinated in is the uh, gold and silver, physical, having a like silver bullion, gold bullion. Um, so investing that, having the physical, uh, just because we can go into the, the the currency now and the fiat, all that. But um, so that's one way. I'm interested in crypto. Um, I'm, I'm re researching it and I think there's something to it could be, you know, I'm, I'm open to being completely wrong about it too, but I'm investing into crypto um, and uh, actually talking with a financial advisor now about uh, getting into some stocks. I'm not, I'm not most educated in stocks. I'm not, I'm going to learn about that more, but, uh, but yeah, right now, and I'm, I'm open to real estate too. I'm not really sure the market is going to be these next few years, but uh, yeah, especially this, the gold and silver. Yeah, what percentage is going to gold and silver and versus stocks versus crypto? If you don't mind me asking, just percentage. Maybe like ten percent gold, silver. Okay. Ten, it's like ten percent crypto. Okay. A bit, a bit more probably, um, and then the rest. I'm, I'm now I'm looking where to put that. Dope. Yeah, and Brody. I'm uh. I'm a firm believer in like strategy. So breaking it, like boiling it down to the legitimate strategy is um, a majority of it is going into short-term liquid assets for a business term, basically just investments that I know when I need that cash, I can pull it out for a small profit to then invest. Um, so that's what I'm doing now. And then the cash that I am spending is going to go heavily into recruiting just because of the fact that we do need to scale this business at a, pretty high rate. And I know harboring the right recruits is the sole best way to do that. Um, so that's where a lot of my cash is going to be going. And then 
I'll be honest, I, I want to have an excessive amount um, of cash available. And I say available because I do plan on spending it. Like in order to run what my goal is, I do understand that the marketing budget, the recruiting budget, um, and, and just the, not, not only the petty cash account, but the, the tangible cash that is available for marketing, for equipment, all of these things needs to be easily accessible. So to answer your question, short-term liquid assets before the season starts, heavily spending and recruiting, and then really just having that cash account that's able to spend at a drop of a dime. Yeah. Cause I guess you guys have both probably done the math and, you know, I, you know, I obviously when I was running a, a student painting business, I did the math as well. And it's like, well, we're, we're not really going to make money until probably April or May. And even then, yeah. you know, any money you make in April, I mean, it's basically going to just, you know, depending on your financial situation, either pay off any of the debt that you occurred in the preseason or, or just instantly gets reinvested in the business. I mean, realistically, you're not going to be pulling any money that goes into your own pocket until, you know, probably late May. So, you know, if you want to run, you know, a very large business uh, next year for the two of you, I mean, you know, large as in, you know, probably, you know, whatever that may be, you know, you know, double your number, whatever, you probably have to go into the year with quite a bit of cash, right? And I guess you guys are probably mm. both in that stage where, you know, that maybe the best use of your money is probably in your own business, right? I mean, you know, you, you may have made enough money this year that, you know what, there's, there's, you know, funds in excess that you could, you know, okay, I'm going to put, you know, park this away, but I might need that, right? That's what you were saying, Broder. Yeah. For the perspective, I mean, when I, the year that I went in and uh, did 801, I, I went into the year with $40,000 and by April, I was, I was broke. Like I was living off a credit card. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. I didn't know that, John. God damn, that's great. Yeah, uh, John, I, I was always impressed with the amount of money John would, would jumpstart his business with and, and having the balls to do that and, and for lack of a better term, right? Like just, I'm going to go all in on finding the best people, finding the best clients. Um, yeah, I, I actually, I agree with that too. Like I can see how you guys are aligning your profitability and your liquidity around what your goals are in the next 12 months, which I think should be something that is a huge takeaway from this conversation because I see a lot of, I've seen a lot of people and there's no judgment here. It's just reward versus reinvestment. Like I had, I kind of had to build like this kind of checklist that, that actually Ammer and, and other people helped me build that I needed to check off before I could did, before I could do something that was like going to actually cause a significant oh i gotta ask this is so beautiful are you guys buying any fancy cars or any any anything like that well yeah it doesn't have to be a fancy car it could just be well, like there's any something... judgment here but there's definitely no. you know we're curious i'm yeah, curious yeah. i'm curious uh i've wanted a toyota tacoma for like five years and i found a really good deal in a 2002 and that's just got a new engine this year 2002 and, uh, yeah okay and uh it's it's my baby i, I got it i i I had my Civic and I'm down for a truck. I've always wanted one. And, you know, I, I like to go out to uh, my cottage. The Tacoma the is a prudent move, brother. Yeah, yeah. It's a prudent move. There's no shame in getting a 2002 no. Tacoma. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, so, you're too <laughs> humble, not, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that actually sounds like a decent investment for your business. Oh, it's nice. Like, yeah. it's sexy. It's a good-looking car. And, uh, yeah, so I, I dropped on that. Other than that, got some nice clothes uh, for quotes next year. Mm. Feeling good about that, but uh, not making any, any huge purchases, uh, some, some experiences. Um, 
I'm uh, I guess this podcast will be out. When when will this when will this be out? This will be out on uh, November first. November first. Oh, yeah, my bad. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna surprise my girlfriend with this with this cool experience I got planned for our, for our one year. So uh, dropping on that a bit, but other than that, it's just circulating. It's gonna come back and it's gonna come back multiplied. So yeah, I actually. Um, wait, 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 let's hear sorry, Broder. yeah, sorry, Broder. I had something else after. Uh, I, I don't, uh, I don't spend too much money. Uh, I'm not gonna say. I, I again, like Gio said, my girlfriend will listen to this, so I did spend money on her Christmas gift, but I'm not gonna say what that is. And then my mom probably won't. Well, she will listen, but I'll just show you. I bought this for my mom because. Oh, uh, let's go! So That's beautiful. she'll she'll listen. So I'm just gonna build the suspense up for her, but um. And then I bought <laughs> your mom's going to DM the Instagram account, <laughs> ask, ask where you got um, I need that footage and stuff for my little <laughs> yeah. brother. I, I, I got my little brother, some stuff too. Just, just, I, I'm big on gratitude. You're investing in your relationships, man. I mean, that's beautiful. Yeah. So that's always been my thing. Uh, other than that, spend some money on golf rounds with the guys. Uh, that's about it. Gas is expensive. So I guess I'm still <laughs> on gas, but that's, that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. Also, I, I have to. Me- I feel like I, I have to mention this. I, sorry, oh, sorry. Go I, ahead. I, go, go ahead, brother. I'll say it after. I'll say it after. This is like a side thing, kind of vulnerable from my mind. But uh, I had uh, like my, the family situation again. Um, I haven't seen my dad in a long time, so I actually spent some money. Took my girlfriend. We went on a trip to go see. Oh, her. Like, awesome. I did, awesome. I did spend money on that. That's that's what I did spend money on. How was that experience? Um. <sighs> From like a from like a psychological perspective, um, well needed. I mean, I'm coming of age. Just the 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 stereotypical like coming becoming a man was definitely yeah yeah that yeah, was yeah. Definitely something I needed. Also, taking my girlfriend who I do see a future with, wow, to kind of yeah, um, not that I need permission or 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 you know the blessing. That that combination as well I as get you. Like, as well as nah, man, I think every man here understands what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, it was well needed for sure. Had some uncomfortable conversations well needed and I definitely came yeah. a, a, a better man. So well needed for mm-hmm. sure. Thanks for sharing that. Well, yeah. beautiful. I wanted to ask you both because you both chatted quickly about your partners, your girlfriends um, in your, like both of you were with these two women the entire year, right? It's like they saw you start up and, go through everything a to z and and sit here today um could you maybe describe the roles that these two women play in your life because i have a very i would say important relationship with my significant other that i don't think a lot of things that i do would be possible without that's my current belief i i don't necessarily like i just want to know what exactly these two people do for you uh, in terms of support, like it could be moral, it could be actually like, for example, Miranda did all of my interviews this year for painters. Like that was actually something that like tip, like she did all my interviews. Wow. Um, so that's like, wow, she helped out a, hu- a huge amount there, but like, she also really helped out doing like a lot of moral support. Like really when, when she sees that I'm like actually working myself into a hole, she will actually come and point that out to me and talk to me about it. Right. Like there's those things. So it's like tangible, intangible. I just want to know. So, so maybe some people can start to get a sense of like how dense and how deep your roster is for, for your support. Right. 
Yeah, that's a great question. I before we started um, the business, that's when I we we started uh, we started dating Maria and I, and I let her know like quickly, like like just before like, we we've known each other. Like we we know each other for two years before she moved to Toronto. I stayed in London. It was just that was it. And then we reconnected um, when I was working at Ribfest. And so she didn't know I was doing, I was going to run a business. I didn't really know. I, I actually just made my decision uh, around the same time. So hold uh, on. I, I apologize for asking these questions, but you were together, you split up and then you got back together is what you're saying? Yeah. Not really together the first okay. time. It was just kind of like, yeah. Um, and I, I think an important thing was that I set expectations of saying, Hey, like I'm going to be very, very busy. And I, I honestly don't think that this might be what you want. Uh, because I'm not going to give you as much attention as maybe you would, someone else might give you. I'm going to be very, very involved in the business. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you're in Toronto. I'm obviously not going to move to Toronto like this. I'm staying here. This is what I'm doing. Like, and she moved to London and she was, she moved moved in and she just doubled down. And, and then that's when I was like, okay, you know, and, and cooking meals, coming home from marketing, you know, nice warm soup. Um, and uh keeping the keeping the room clean and and like i'm living with other other men and she's there here sharing a room with me like it's not glamorous and so she wasn't there for the glamour which Mm -hmm. is awesome Uh, that's why she deserves Mm -hmm. to be treated proper um and yeah so so that's that she also did quote or not quote she did color consults because she's a home stager so she she's all about interior design so I wow brought her, i brought her to, to tons of quotes mm-hmm. kind of sold that as a free color consultation i would you know she would get paid here and there and uh she loved it and she, it, the, the clients loved it um but yeah so i think key thing if, if you are going into a year say if you are a rookie and you're you're in a relationship you know set some expectations of of what you want because you you, would, you wouldn't want to have be on two separate pages and feeling pulled from your business you want to be together on this thing yeah i just want to add in here that you mentioned this earlier justin the tyranny of or like this or that thinking versus this and that thinking and i actually remember a version of myself thinking am i gonna have time that's what i actually asked myself am i gonna have time for a relationship like it literally, like it was like a punch in punch out type of transaction that I was going to have with someone. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking like, actually running a business is more transformative for our relationship. If I'm doing both and like doing that together and accomplishing each other's goals together is actually going to be easier slash more enjoyable. And I can't even as a district manager, people that's coached other operators and running their business, I've, the amount of times I've heard that, oh, I don't have time for a relationship yet, right? Like it's just, it's an ingrained belief that it's like a, it's a, it's a, it's a take, I've got to put more time in here. I got to take more time out there. It's a this or that. And I just love that you got it. Like, you're just like, oh man, I see that. It was transformative for both of us. Yeah, beautiful. Um, Broder, sorry, jump to you. Sure. So my shout out to Skylar. She's definitely going to listen to this because she's the biggest fan of, of anything where I'm talking. That's her favorite thing. Um, <laughs> I don't know why, but love you. Skylar. I feel like wow. anyone that dates any one of us has to love hearing us talk. <laughs> there's no way. That's facts. That you're, uh, you there's no what? way that you're dating one of us and not it's walking audiobooks. Yeah, I hate, yeah, yeah, I hate yeah. when Broder goes on a podcast. It's the worst. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but shout out to you, Sky. I love you, by the way. Um, we actually went through a rough patch right before student work started. COVID definitely wasn't a help. My mindset was definitely off um, to be transparent. And, and 
my the password on my phone is still 1028, which is October 28th. Um, that's the day that Gio and I were like, we're moving in together. We're doing this and it's still the password on my phone. So you got to think when you're wearing a mask, you can't use the Apple recognition. So I reminded myself 1028 every time I unlock my phone, it was that day. Anyways, back to my lovely girlfriend. Um, me actually running the business is what helped us really rekindle wow. our relationship because I, started to get my shit really together with the business, with life, with those four pillars that we just talked about. Mm. Um, and that's why I think we're doing so well. So I, I thank the business for my relationship almost. Um, but I try to compartmentalize my, re- is it compartmentalize? Compartmentalize. Carp- I, I, I struggle with that word. Oh, okay. That's, we a, got that's it. a good one. We got that's it. a good one. Car- me- car- compartmentalize. That one. There's no yeah. way I could even say that. <laughs> mentalized. That's the there word. There we go. Which means disassociate or maybe not dissociate, but try to keep business, business and relationship, relationship. That's the way I try to do it. Um, and and our relationship is, is centered around the idea of like, we are two individuals coming together. We're not morphing as one individual, which mm. I really like um, because she brings so many amazing dynamic characteristics to relationship. And I, I would like to say I do too. And those together are, are why we're so strong. She has an amazing family. I have an amazing family. She does so well in her you know, career. I'm trying to do well in my career. And I think those things. What does she do? Uh, she's actually um, going to teacher's college to become a teacher. She really wants to do English as a second language. She really wants to travel the world. Um, she has also business. Um, what's the word? Um, thoughts you know in, in the future she wants to run her aspirations yeah, yeah aspirations she wants to run a uh a coffee shop and a yoga studio all put together um which i think is cool and i'd love to start in the coming years so sky this maybe coffee yoga coffee yoga for some for us to do um that's the kind of person she is so that also gets me back on track with the health wellness and that kind of stuff so um i wouldn't say she's my like escape or do you know what I mean? Like I, when I'm with her, it's not like I'm just focused on that. Right. It's just, she really not only like allows me to be my best self, but in fact mm. makes me my best self. Like a multiplier. Yeah, exactly. Just, just to summarize this quickly for you both. And we'll start with you, brother. Like what was, if you were to say one thing about what sky helped, like how sky's presence actually yeah. impacted just your, just from a business standpoint, like how did Sky directly impact your business? She showed me how to really love. And that's kind of a cliche thing to do. But like mm. having someone in my life and like, I love my mother. I love my father. I love my brother. That's unconditional love. This is like a, a romantic relationship. Um, I, I, yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's weird to say, but if you're run, if you're spending this much time on your business, you do love your business. Like mm. you are in love with it. So I know it might be a weird correlation, but committing yourself to something, making sure that it's also in their best interest, like a relationship is the way I look at my business. Like I'm making decisions, not in my best interest. Sometimes I might have to market in the cold. Well, guess what? It's not in my best interest. It's in the business's best interest. That's, that's the way I look at it. What a, what a great analogy. Wow. That that's was great. cool. That was awesome. Justin, what about you? Like just coming back to you, if you were to say one thing, Julia is her name, right? 
Sorry, did I get this wrong? You got Jesus. it really wrong. Uh, Maria. <laughs> uh, Austin's Maria, known for, for screwing just, up names. Oh, yo, I'm and, so bad. Yeah, Austin so. has Despite no having a good memory, the names. names is just like a different <laughs> beast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, Maria. <laughs> so I think uh, the, the major thing was was celebrations and, and not in a sense of like going overboard. But, you know, I come home, I booked a nice job at a good weekend. She's just ecstatic and, and so happy. Um, I, I would be interviewing someone on the phone. She heard on speaker. She would think, oh, that guy sounds awesome. Like she would have sometimes tears in her eyes because she's just so uh, happy and so invested in not just the business, but just seeing me prosper, seeing me on my purpose and, and, and going forward. And she's there and, um, you know, keeping me grounded along the way. That man's work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That man's work. Yeah, John. A term I'd never said before regularly until I met John Morgan. What is, what a man's is that work. Mean? Sorry, I feel yeah, everything like we're talking about. Gotcha. Well, John, the first couple of times that like maybe this is like the third or fourth conversation I had with John and I didn't really have a good sense of John's character, demeanor, personality yet. And keep in mind, we're just doing these over the phone, right? Like I can't see John yet. Like I actually don't even know what John looks like at this point. And John and I have maybe have four or five hours of, of conversation so far. This is just when we used to do like a three-way phone call on Sunday nights. Yeah. And John told Amber and I, that when he wakes up every morning at 6 a.m. or 5 a.m., I don't know what time it was at the time, uh, he said he rolls over, he looks at Trisha in the face, and he says, I'm going to go do a man's work. And I and I literally started <laughs> laughing. Like I started, I, I, I thought he was being sarcastic. Like I was like, that's insane that you do that. Like imagine me rolling over, looking Miranda in the face and going, Hey babe, I'm gonna go do a man's work today. Like we, it, with my every morning, Miranda, I'd wake yeah, her like up and say, "I'm gonna just go do like, man's work." The first day she'd laugh. The second day it. she'd be like, "Are you insane?" And then the third day she'd punch me. Like that. That would be you know, like <laughs> because it would just be insane. Like the- <laughs> and 28, man. Yeah, 10, like wake up, wake up. I'm gonna go do a man's work today. Okay, go back to bed. Yeah. Anyway, but like every morning. <laughs> but what he said to me after that, and 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 I'll always remember this, is that he goes. Well, getting up at 6 a.m. every day is is definitely something that takes discipline. And, you know, going and trying to create a strategy for this business to absolutely crush it today is going to take a lot of effort, discipline, and leadership. And that's what I think a man's responsibility is. You know, and I'm going to tell her that I'm getting up right now to go do that for us. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, that's, that's what he means by a man's work. And so I was like, okay, I, I get it. Um, and, it, and if you subtract like the sexuality out of it, he could just say like, you know, I'm going to do John's work, you know, like, I'm going to go make this, I'm going to go make our life. Like, it, it really doesn't have anything to do with like, I don't think at least man or woman, it's just like, I'm going to go do this for us, you know, so. Well, I mean, kind of, I mean, we don't have to necessarily get into this, but I mean, I definitely. <laughs> oh, John. But, yeah, exactly. No, but, but I mean, John, I love but, you, I mean, buddy. I was trying to but, throw you a line there, just, just you know. Yeah, like, but like, historically speaking, though, I mean, the man is the provider in the relationship, right? And, and we can try and demasculate men, and we can try and rob, you know, modern men in society of that role. But I don't think that's helpful. I don't think that's actually the. the, the I don't think. Yeah, don't I'm not trying to rob progress. any man of that yeah. role. I'm just saying, like, yeah, yeah. If, if a woman woke up one day and said, "Hey, I'm going to go do a woman's work, and I'm going to go do exactly what you said that you do." It doesn't have anything to do with sexuality, you know, like it's just, I'm going to go do this work or not sexuality. I should say gender. I, I agree with you, Austin. I think because there is different types of relationships. Now there's relationships that are 
same sex, different sex. There's also relationships where, you know, the man is the stay at home. Like I, the, the nucleus idea of that. Yeah, I, no, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to ruin any preconceptions that you have. I'm just saying like, it, it, yeah, I don't, I don't want that it to experiment. sound like, I don't know how that experiment would, would play out, but, but <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll find listen, out. Listen, 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 man, woman, unicorn. I'm curious about this. You guys have goals for next year. And I am actually really curious. Well, wait, hold on. Do you guys have goals for next year? Let's not even assume. Oh, yes. yeah. Okay. Okay, oh, so you guys already point. thought about this. Okay, okay. Okay, good, good. Good point there, John. I'm. How did you create these goals? And what are these goals? Gio, you got to go first, man. Yours is on the fucking wall in the living room. So Wait, is this it? Are we doing this right now? Like, are we, like, you, we're, we're going to, like, post this? Like, like this, like... Remember, yeah, so, so be very careful when you say Yeah, last yeah, time we had this conversation, you know, you guys said something and then you guys, that's why you're here. Yes. Right, you guys are back because, you, you know, out of the many, right? There were two. The few, yeah, yeah. There, there, yeah, there were two. Our, our intentions, your prayers were pure. Our intentions, your prayers for sure. We're not, uh, we're not here to mess around. Okay, so what, how, how did you get to your goals? Yeah. Why, and what are your goals? Yeah, so uh, my goal is something that I wanted to scare me because if I thought of anything less than a million, um, I truly believe I could do that. Uh, so a million is is wow, is scary, very scary. It's hairy, and uh, holy hairy. So you're a million. So what you're trying to say right now is you're going to be the first person to pass six hundred thousand, seven hundred thousand, eight hundred thousand. 900,000 and a million on the East coast yes. on the East coast. Yes. Yeah, no, I know. I added that. I added that. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> John with the big asterisk. Yeah. So why did you choose this goal? So you said, because it scares you, but yeah, I'm sure like, you put more thought into, into that as well. Like what are you trying to achieve from this? Because it scares me. Well, achieve um, the, the ability to say I ran a million dollar student works painting business, the ability to know that I can run a million dollar business, build the team to do so, um, go through the challenges it's going to bring. And if, if I were to say 700, okay, my goal is 700. Why 700? Why not? Like, I just have that voice in my head. What, you know, it's okay. 700, I guess, but why not go for 800? It's a hundred more. Okay. Now you're at 800. Let's round up, like go for a milli, man. Um, go for a flat number. Yeah. Yeah. Like go like, why go for 800 in my mind? That's what my mind's saying. So if I were to double my business, cause I think it's, I want to double my business this year that leaves me right shy of a milli. Okay. So let's mm. do, let's do a milli. Wow. So yeah, we've already been started hitting the doors and did, I did a quote today and ready to go. Oh, so you're, you're already booking for a million right now. Yeah. Beautiful. Incredible Broder. I think, I think my thing was, like the, the thing that kept coming to my mind was like, when you talk about like being rich versus being like wealthy, it's like, how long could you go? Like just from a, not business, just like you, your personal finance, how long could you go without work with your normal mm -hmm. expenses before you like go broke before you have nothing? You know, it's weird. I, I used to think the exact same way for like the first two, three years of running my business. I think about that all the time. The yeah. runway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the goal this year is like, how long could I go doing nothing, literally not having any input on my business before it started to crash and burn? So that was my first goal. 
I'm talking about more goals than just revenue. So my first goal was to ensure that my business is in sound hands. If I literally fell off the face of the earth, that was the most important mm-hmm. thing. So mm-hmm. as, of, as of right now, I have a structure put in place where I have a three headed monster working alongside of me. So, so four level headed gentlemen, and I'll shout them out here. Um, Michael DeHenestroza, who was my sales rep last year, is going to come back in a bigger role. Mac Mackenzie Cottle was one of my crew chiefs. He's now going to be my production manager, solely responsible for producer or being the production manager for seven crews in window cleaning. Wow. Wow. What a feat. Definitely unheard of. And then Brandon Doak, who was a past operator, who God willingly decided that he wanted to not operate and actually come work for me because he saw more opportunity and growth, which is definitely humbling for me. And I'm excited to see where that goes. So those three gentlemen are already signed on. So that was a goal that we've hit Mm. as a revenue goal. um, I don't have an exact number. I have a range because the range is going to be like specified and and closed in on a number. Once we hit that first, that really that first meeting, because we haven't had um, the sit down meeting of. Yeah. yeah, I see what I mean. You have to sit down and just kind of hash out. Yeah. 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 So we've talked and we've discussed briefly brainstorm we'll call it and the range is five to 650 oh my god oh my god and window cleaning that's that's the range so we'll just just for purpose we'll say 500k um because again you know nice round um and we and then the other goal this is the goal that i haven't told them i want to beat the all-time window cleaning record in sales before production starts so that's, <laughs> that's, that's a big goal. So that's two, it's high twos. So I want to have that sold before, before we even start producing. That's a, that's a competitive goal from, from my end. Mamma mia. And just ran the stats on that. Um, with 200,000 in revenue this year at 308 contracts, it's about $640 a pop. Um, if you adjust for like a 25% increase in average job size, which is pretty fair from year to year, you're doing bigger jobs, um, to hit 550, you're looking at 647 houses cleaned. So, you know, when you break it down and you run out the scale on that, um, you know, I don't know what window cleaning production targets are per day. You obviously know that, Mm. but like when you do the math on that, which I'm sure you've done, like the scale necessary to do that with with your three-headed beast is that something that's conservative or aggressive so 500 like i said was the lower end of the spectrum yeah it's more conservative so just to put in perspective the average job size that we're aiming for is between 800 and a thousand and okay there's a variety of factors yeah. that are going to lead to that but the the main thing is a, a big push towards commercial work so i did one job last year commercial work I clean the university that I go to school at Western and, and specifically the King's campus boom lift. We had six store windows. It was like my first realization that it's, it's actually possible. Like, and that was the only marketing I did to a commercial. The only job I did to a commercial. How much was the job? The job was just over 11,000. Oh my God. Nice. So, okay. Um, again, that's very minuscule numbers in, in painting, but that's the record for window cleaning. And yeah, and, yeah. I, I, like you think about that that's big a, window cleaning job yeah yeah uh, and 
a big push for commercial at that scale, but also like a contract that we're in works right now is all the McDonald's in London. So that would be a, a bi-weekly contract. Put that in perspective. Oh, it's dude. A, yeah. Say it's a, a bi -we Yo, you got on these retainer contracts too. Like these are. So, yeah. So with a combination of past clients, like you said, those frequent consumers, the large scale consumers, I think that's why we're pushing towards the eight to a thousand dollar average job size. Naturally speaking, you you know, as your business scales, you 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 always going to want to look for those bigger sources of revenue. Yeah, and that's and that's the one of the pillars for for having the number that big. But I think definitely a, a pillar that can't go overlooked for sure. Mm. And what do you guys predict will be the biggest obstacle for achieving that? Now, I'm going to challenge you to find a thousand after this call, like John challenged Justin, but just from your basic intuition, what do you suggest is going to be your biggest obstacle to achieving double or triple your goals? Ego. Hmm. I think that's my, I, sorry, Gio, I didn't mean to jump the gun there, but. Say more about that ego in a, in a variety of ways. So I have, and they're going to listen to this and they know this. And I, this is the first conversation that I had with us as a group was on my team already. I am a business operator, but I have three other guys who I know not could, they would be record setters like for student works. So having four guys that could all easily, and I don't mean like, like I literally mean easily beat the record that we just did in window cleaning is definitely a big thing. Those are heads clashing. That's a lot of ego, a lot of testosterone in particular. So I think that's one side, managing that ego and making sure it all works. But then the other side is if we're not on pace for our goals, a damage to the ego personally, like a, like a, well, in theory, this is doable. Why aren't we achieving it? So the dream team. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's my, that would be my phrase word ego for sure. Um, mine would be quality control. And then, and then the word of mouth that comes from that. So ma making sure the quality is maintained, we're getting referrals. Um, and when, when you're at a scale like that, there's gonna be a lot of training going on with painting. Some painters may not have experience. Um, we'll see how that the recruiting goes, but the quality for sure will be definitely a major focus. That's amazing. And John, I'm, I'm kind of curious because Austin, you've been exposed to these guys throughout the year through different calls and, and conferences. John, what, what's kind of going through your mind about your business hearing, you know, these guys coming in and putting up these numbers i mean your reaction to the cold <laughs> calling leads yeah, yeah what yeah. kind of kind of spoke to itself but I, i'm i'm curious to ask you john what what are you kind of getting from this interaction so far man i mean listening to listening to these two like just young guns right um you know i, I always think to myself like i uh Maybe, maybe there's a way of avoiding it. Right. And, and, you know, I'm young as well. Like I'm 25. Right. So I'm, you know, I'm certainly not anywhere near, you know, my peak or anything like that, but, but I can listen to the two of you and I can relate like that hunger that you have. Right. Um, and, and it's interesting too. Like, I mean, like I, I can realize in myself that like, damn, like 900 cold call leads, like there was, there's a version of myself that has the mindset that we'd be able to, you know, to, to do that. Right. 
And listening to the two of you, you know, it, it just reminds me of so many different kind of things that I, you know, over the years that I've kind of remind, you know, that I, that, that, this is another one of those things that reminds me of these, which is that like the, the, the current version of ourselves, okay, we're just like our future selves past idiot in a lot of ways, right? And it's just so shocking how much we leave on the table. I mean, how much I've left on the table just on any given year, right? And it's always so shocking too, because, you know, and like Justin, you know, and Broder, you, you guys are just at the beginning of your career and, and you guys are actually facing something that I, I didn't face early, right? I, only for the last few years have I faced this, which is that, you know, a, a part of being a, a, in a franchise system is that it's a, it's a smaller ecosystem, right? Like you see the leaderboards, you see where everyone else is at. You have a, um, a sense of status and there's a hierarchy to some degrees as well, right? And, and so for the last few years, I've sort of been on top of that. And seeing the hunger that you guys have now and just how much of that I don't have anymore, it's, it's super inspiring to me. Because, you know, I remember those days, you know, like when I first started reading Marcus Aurelius' Meditations, right? I remember just how eager I was to, to read another page, right? And, you know, I, I just remember being so broke, right? Like, I just remember not having money and, 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 and just fucking, you know, I literally had no money to even think about. So it's like knocking on doors was the only solution, right? Like, I didn't have the ability to just send out flyers. I didn't have the ability to hire other people. I didn't, you know, that was, that just wasn't available to me, right? And, um, and so I just, I think it's just so beautiful, you know, listening to you guys, like even Broder, what you were saying earlier on about... <laughs> just knocking on like doors or you guys were seven days a week. Right. I mean, that's fucking insane. Right. I mean, now, you know, to get myself out for, you know, even just one or two cold calling shifts. I mean, that's, that's a challenge. Right. And um, I just, yeah, I just find it super inspiring listening to you guys and realizing, you know, just how much I left on the table this year by not, uh, you know, cultivating that still to this day. Um, yeah. I, I find it very, very inspiring. Yeah. I, I would, I would emulate that. Like, uh, when I hear, you know, put it this way, when you guys, if you guys do this for four years, like I have, or fuck, seven years, I think now, John, right? Yeah. Seven years for you. This was my, I'm going into my eighth year. Yeah. yeah. Like I promise you that when you guys go in to do this for like over half a decade, um, like John has or four years, um, like me, the the world starts to present you with like slightly different temptations usually centered around complacency you know like the marketing strategy you guys had i also had in my first year not as extreme i'll be honest but that that mentality was still there the mentality is not there anymore in the same form that it is with you guys and i emulate what john's saying because you kind of realize as you sit here like how much you leave on the table because if you approached every year <clears throat> the exact same way that you guys approached your first year during COVID, trying to make history, breaking the all-time rookie record, all that stuff, like you guys spoke to it already here, which is how can I constantly try and like redefine that? Like in Matthew McConaughey's speech, like I'm chasing myself 10 years from now, 10 years from now, 10 years from now. Staying really, really clear on that is something that like I got from this conversation, you know, like for myself, I need to be, ch I'm 25 right now. You know, I need to be chasing myself when I'm 35 and then I want to outrun what I'm currently on trajectory for, you know, like if I didn't do that. So that's kind of what I got from this conversation having you guys on. So thank you. Well, it reminds me of a conversation I had with Tristan recently, which was that, um, you know, 
when we find ourselves like trying to preserve something, you know, there is an argument to be said that, you know, a lot of the time that you spend thinking about how you're going to maintain something could, it is time that you're actually choosing to not spend yeah. on how you're going to double it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I, I can just see that in you guys. And, and I, you know, I saw that in myself, you know, you know, when I was you guys' age as well, which is that it, it, I don't even think it occurs to you that you would want to maintain anything. Like you guys are just thinking about hunt, hunt, hunt. And I just, I love that. I love that animal spirit. And uh, you know, that that's that, like, that's that warrior mentality that you guys both bring to the table. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Broder, that was an excellent answer on ego. Justin, what would you say is the, you know, you were to predict the biggest obstacle for, yeah, for your they, business? I did mention the quality control. So um, if you want me to elaborate more, yeah, just making sure that yes. everyone's trained uh, proper and uh, I have the confidence to, to sell because like uh, going in my first year, I didn't really know what it took to paint a house. So I was just could sell off the idea um, without really the knowledge. And the more I know, the more I realize how it, there's, there are obstacles that will come up and there are like tricks to the trade and a lot of things I don't know. Um, so now becoming more consciously incompetent of painting, um, I want to make sure that I have a solid team that I know is going to deliver so I can come back with that enthusiasm when I sell. Uh, and they can be portrayed as like, this guy's an expert in his field, sharp as attack. You know what I mean? So um, now that I know what it takes to really run a, a good painting business and seeing some client complaints, we still had great, great client relations, but there were some things that happened. So mm. really backing myself up so I can sell with that confidence. Yeah. And so, and so Mark Shelley can sell with that confidence too. My, actually one of my roommates, Broder, uh, one of our roommates, Mark Shelley, I offered him a project man, a production manager spot when I first started last year. Uh, he, he's working at a factory right now. He wanted to keep that job, but he saw the, he saw the trajectory that my business went on. And uh, he was thinking either to production manage for me or run his own student works. Um, he painted in the past. So, and he's like so disciplined, like in the gym every day, like strict with his diet, counts all the calories. Um, and uh, he actually was going to do the student works, run his own business. And he decided to actually come on to, to, to the, to my team. So him and I are wow. just going to go super hard. Um, I, I see the hunger in him. He's so excited. Uh, and I love that. Cause that's going to keep me fired up too. And then also bringing on like Isaiah Collins, hopefully listen to this too. And I'll send you the link. Um, this guy is an animal. Doesn't have Instagram. Like he is like same with John, like, uh, just very, just very stoic and comes from a, a great family. Um, and, uh, actually came from Penticton. Um, he's a, the top javelin thrower in Canada. Oh my and God. He's just a stud. Um, keeps me in check with my values and like culture. Like he's, he's a very different breed. So excited to have him come back and take on a production manager role, uh, building a solid team, super excited. Uh, um, uh, uh, Usman, Osman, I always butcher his name at the door, but I've been training him door to door, him and I've been going, he's 2002, a young buck, uh, looking to build experience. So I'm going to send this to you also, man. I'm so excited to work with you. And I know he has so much potential. So it is building a solid team and then getting the painters ready to go. Yeah, thanks for expanding. Cause I was pretty, yeah, I was curious about hearing more on that. Yeah, Broder, you raise your hand there. I just wanted to chime in about that conversation earlier, really, like the hunger. Mm -hmm. So everyone who knows me and, and I love, you know, obviously to get to know you three more in the future, but everyone who knows me knows like I am a, a sports guy. And I don't mean like casual sports. Like 
I'm the kind of guy, like, if I don't know where that guy went to university or when he got drafted, I'm going to go Google it. Like, I, I really do have a, a passion for sports and I'd love to get into that. But, oh man, that's my, like, I'm, I'm a huge, <clears throat> huge stats guy. So this yeah, is, uh, I love all that kind of stuff, but, but oh, so sports, yeah. And, and I'm talking about this because we're all around the age and I'll, I'll use hockey as a specific around our age is when professional hockey players earn their first contract. And what I mean by that is you've played for a certain amount of years. Now you get paid based on what you've done. Okay. Once you get that paycheck, there's a lot of talk shows, a lot of skepticism on, is that person worth what their contract is? Okay. That's the way I look at it right now. Gio and I have performed and we've, we've been rewarded as first line players, right? Say we're making, wow. think about this, right? Think about this. A year from now, is this criticism going to be, oh, that guy's not worth what he's getting paid? Or is it going to be, no, you know what? Actually, shoot, they got a deal on that contract. That's the way I look at it because the best teams also have guys that outperform their contracts. And even more into this analogy, the guys working for me, we're on the exact same team. But if there's a third liner or a fourth liner who's working harder than me, they're going to take my spot. Yeah. The way wow. I look at it, the best teams have their best players outperforming what they're worth. And we make a pretty penny doing what we do. And we can't forget why we earn what mm -hmm. we earn. If that makes sense. So you want to be more of like an Austin Matthews as opposed to like a Morgan O'Reilly or something. Yeah, man. So. Some of us that are on, <laughs> on the verge of getting our second contract, you know, some fucking young guys come up and we gotta, you yeah, know, we exactly. gotta try and, <laughs> we gotta try and hold our exactly. own out here, you know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. One guy says he wants to score 30 goals. It's like shit. <laughs> yeah, what a young guy's coming up says he's got 900 leads. Like, man, I thought I had the record of 300. <laughs> yeah, when you when you say you want to do a million, Justin, that means you're basically saying you're going to do over 2,000 cold calling leads. Well, I would imagine that Justin's probably going to try and generate more than ten dollars per cold call lead next year, though. <laughs> like he's probably he's yeah. Like <laughs> he's how many of those, those conversion Justin, rates do you never get a hold of? You know, like that's the. How many leads I never get a hold of, or or never like followed up with the way that, yeah, like that there was there's a lot of, a lot of season there too, like follow up later, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, and, and call them. There is there was a, a a bunch that I didn't call that I still have there that you know are 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 gonna get a gonna call get called this week. Uh, yeah, they're definitely gonna get called. I actually uh, the guy named Ferris, um, he set up this thing where he actually I did a pre recording of my voice and then we he were able to send it to their voicemail, so like yes. they all got. A voice it's called a voice oh drop. That's yes. what it's called. So I got a voice drop, and then he's been sending his texting campaign, sending them before and after. So they've been in the loop. Um, wow, I but, didn't even know that existed from a marketing uh, standpoint. That is, I didn't, I didn't either. He's been crushing it. And uh, if anyone wants, Ferris, to, you wants got some us, free time. Yeah, exactly. Like, so I'll I'll connect you guys with Ferris. Whoever wants to do something like that, if they have extra leads that they want to get going, then just reach out to me, and I'll hook you up with Ferris. No days off for this Ferris. That's awesome. I'm, I'm sad. I had a list of questions I came in with. No one got that joke. Ferris Bueller's day off. I got it. Was, I, oh, man. Oh, I, I didn't. So Ferris Bueller, Matthew Broderick. True, 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 true. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Will Ferrell movies, um, I have to ask, Justin, have you ever seen Kicking and Screaming? <laughs> That's funny. You asked that, man. Like, I've watched it like five times when I was growing up. I, I, I can't help but think that like student works, like, <laughs> like like you're like you're the grown-up version you know because they have the guys who worked in the meat shop yeah, yeah for everyone that doesn't know geo used to work in a meat shop and, and there was these italian kids that were like the best like soccer players and i'm just picturing like geo 
like Chris Thompson, like, you know, he's Will Ferrell, just, he's got his, his geo. Ask all of the Italians. Like, the yeah, 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 yeah. That's a joke. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's a great, and I didn't even think about that. It's a good one. You know, so I wanted to uh, ask you guys <clears throat> the same question as we're nearing somewhat of the end here that I asked you back in March. Do you guys remember what that question was? I don't even remember what the fucking question was. We asked them so no, no. many questions. No, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, we've was asked the bet? like 70 the, questions. The bet no, we asked we them. Sorry, Justin? Remember the bet? I don't know if it was that. Yeah, yeah, there was a bet, which I want to talk about as well. But uh, we asked you guys a question that we ask all guests. Um, if, if there was one thing. Yeah. If there's one thing that... I it actually know. isn't if there was one thing it's what do you think the strongest components of a mindset are or what do you think are the components of a strongest minds of the strongest mindset and Faith. and you guys i want you guys to answer this it could be one thing it could be seven things whatever you guys want uh i'm just curious to know where you stand versus and and, and you guys don't have to like i imagine you don't remember your answer from before but just kind of coming at this fresh because you've gone through the ringer now right so um, what would you guys think are the components of the world's most possible strongest mindset? Yeah. Um, having a huge why and, and, and creating that. Um, so I treated my business last year, like it was life or death. Like this is cause I just see what's going on in the world. I'm not going to get into it, but I see that there's things happening that I'm not happy with. And I really believe that if you know, if I could set myself up and set up the, my family with, with prosperity and we can, uh, we can handle whatever comes our way. Um, so I see it as like way beyond myself and, and, and I'm doing my best to really build that into my subconscious to see it as beyond myself. And it's like a duty. This is like, this is a duty mm -hmm. of me. Like I'm called to action. This is, this is my call. Uh, whether you, like when, when people are called to go to war, like it's beyond yourself. Right. Um, and uh, another one is faith. So just having faith that the obstacles that come your way are meant to, meant to be there, that you can handle whatever comes your way. I think crafting, crafting faith comes from doing uncomfortable things. So do your best to, to get out and get on that run or go to the gym or have that cold shower, like build the self-confidence that you can handle adversity and then use that as faith forward. Um, and uh, just trust. Oh, yeah, faith, trust is huge. And, 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 and set a target, your aim, aim somewhere aim at it and once you get there you know aim further and mm -hmm. but I definitely have an aim well, that's great i'm, I'm really I, I couldn't agree more the why thing is uh is huge yeah. like your why that you just described in the first 15 seconds of that answer i was like oh okay well there's not much room for not going out marketing tonight yeah. you know yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> like i'm trying to build prosperity for my family like what well, kind okay. of piggybacking that justin you know Again, we don't have to get into it, but even just exactly what you said there, just kind of maybe considering where we're at with things in society, you know, something that I've been really trying to cultivate and really trying to get myself in that mindset is I'm trying to go into next year as in this could actually potentially be my last shot at running this. Yeah. Like, as in like, what if, like, what if this is my, what if this is actually just my last year? Like, what if this nice. is my, like my actual last opportunity to run this business? How would I want to go down as like? What, what's this going to look like? If, if this truly is actually my last shot at this, what I'm going to make of that, right? 
Like, what if I don't, cause you know, you always have the excuse of like, oh, I'll do better next year. It's like, well, what if there's only next year? Like, what if this is our actually our last shot to actually just try and set ourselves up and try and, you know, actually set, you know, set our families up in, 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 so that's what I'm trying to cultivate for next year is just, this actually that. is death ground, right? Yeah, like I love if I, that. It, you know, we're either dying or yeah. we're, we're going to, we're going to make this work. Right. Yeah. And then breaking that down every day, this is going to be my last day. And then it, all of a sudden you're just on a, on a roll. Mm-hmm. I love that. Broder, what about you? Stronger uh, components of the strongest mindset. So why has always been my biggest one. The first book I remember ever reading when I like thought business is kind of cool was start with why with Simon. Yeah. 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 That, that was my, that my entrance. And that was also how I met my girlfriend, which is hilarious. Um, that's another story. So I, I definitely love why um, two other words that I'll, that I'll use that aren't why to not kind of mm-hmm. cop just in there. I think the first one is responsibility. Like the, the classic saying as heavy as the head that wears the crown, right? You, you have a responsibility, a duty, like an obligation mm-hmm. to yourself. I think mentality wise, just to the word potential is just a word, but you have a responsibility to yourself to actually see what that potential is. You have an obligation to be your best self. So that's one thing when it comes to mindset is to chase that. And then the other one is like longevity, right? No one is taller than the last man standing. I like that a lot, right? So you have a longevity, right? You got to think at the end, if you're the last man standing, you will be the tallest. You have the strongest mindset, right? If you think about it right now, if you wake up tomorrow at 8 a.m., guess what? There's 7 billion people in the world. I guarantee you a billion of those people woke up at 6.30 or earlier. Or, or, you know, your competitor knocked on those two more doors in their <laughs> marketing session. And guess what? They got those two extra leads. That yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Broder, did you ever head. hear... Um... Did you ever hear that 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 clip I recorded of like your worst enemy? I don't know if you ever heard. Yeah, that. I heard that. Yeah, yeah. that's that's just what came to mind. John there. was like lose it. John, it was like slash an episode of it was almost an episode of like paranoia, but it was true. You know, it was like, what's your worst enemy doing? Yeah, like that that mindset of hey, you did five pushups, they're doing six. Just so responsibility heavy is the head that wears the crown. Give yourself a responsibility to seek and destroy whatever potential is set that, that whatever mm. goal, whatever path you're supposed to have in life. Can I swear on this or no? Yeah, of course. Okay, fuck, yeah. fuck, fuck whatever mind, whatever trajectory you're supposed to have. You have a responsibility to go one step further mm. and then longevity. I know Amber, you, you smiled. I think you like that quote. No one is taller than the last man standing. Mm-hmm. I, I like that a lot. That's my mindset. I like, longevity man i like that you guys are already thinking about that because i mean you know the amount of times that i you know that i've seen in this business that you know someone comes in they do well for a year or two they're out or whatever or you know some guy comes in and their best year is their first year and then it's just a decline from there right i've seen that or or even they, they they do really well and then they just maintain that for four or five years but of course you know you just for inflation they're actually doing worse right so you know, I, I like that you guys, I think you guys got the right, the right mindset for this. And I'm, yeah, it's just great. It's- so just to summarize, Justin, why Broder responsibility, longevity, was there a second one there, Justin? Uh, faith. Okay. Why faith, longevity, responsibility. So that's great. I'm going to go now just play like the one minute clip from March where you guys answered this question. Oh, before. dude. Yes. I actually dug it up and found it. So I'm just going to share my audio. 
not the current condition of the asset. This is now the other podcast. Mm. Hmm. I like that. That makes a lot of sense. And Austin, I think, yeah. Hit us with that question. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we ask every guest this question and uh, you can answer it in one or 10 words, whatever you'd like. It's weird dubbing over myself. What do you boys think the strongest component the component sorry let me restart <laughs> what do you what do My you think God. the uh, most it. notable components are of the strongest mindset it could be a paragraph it could be a sentence it could be a single word yeah i think it's it's going to be cool to kind of montage a lot of these together and and i'm sure we could do it now by now but everybody answers this question differently so broder we're gonna go to you <laughs> okay um I, this this might be cliche because this is my favorite quote of all time but this is what i think of when i think of mindset our greatest fear is not that we're inadequate our greatest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure right because some people mm -hmm. know from coach carter uh, other people know from the book i think when now i'm going to go along here i think when it comes to mindset it's am i reaching my full potential and is mm -hmm. today getting me closer and closer to that that's the way i think mm -hmm. of it our greatest fear is not that we are inadequate our greatest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure damn i like that and i hadn't heard that before you haven't heard that no that's the that's the movie with denzel washington the basketball team no, no, it's, Samuel uh, Jackson. Samuel Jackson. Oh, it's, it's, it's. <laughs> that, that, that's training day. You're thinking. Damn, of brother. Hey, training day. <laughs> hey, man. I'm not a you motherfuckers are you playing basketball? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah, Coach Carter, all time that's classic. All time classic. That's mine. That's my my good stuff. Analogy. Yeah. Um, gratitude. Mm. I feel like if you can have gratitude for. The, the BS in life that you feel um, for the triumphs or the people around you for the food you eat for everything. One, it's going to allow you to stay sane during any circumstance. Two, it's going to allow you to want to milk the most out of this life that we have. And you know, we're all guilty of not giving our fullest, whether maybe we're giving our fullest in our business, but we're having called our mom in a month or whatever it is like mm. the gratitude for the life around us and what we're experiencing is going to, to, is going to be this the kind of the, the seed behind the mindset, the, the, the seed to even want to have a strong mindset because you have something to live for. You have so much to live for. If you don't feel like, if you don't have gratitude for life, you're not going to want to do, do much. Um, just to build on that, Justin, I think that's something I've realized. Okay, we're oh, back live now. Now we're back live. Wow. Is that, that crazy? Weird, right? How cool is that? How many people get to experience awesome. that in their life where they get to hear their old self? I think that's pretty epic. Not that only does awesome. it sound weird listening to yourself back, but it also, I don't know, it feels almost full circle and that circle is not complete, but totally. The, oh the, man. The first lap of the race feels like it's been run. Like, mm -hmm. wow. Yeah. yeah. It, it, yeah I don't know. Of course. This is what I brought up earlier is those like yourselves back then your mindset was so primed to go out and destroy yes that that like i really do urge you not just to do that exercise of john think of the thousand things that may be stopping you from doing this but also like go back and see what music were you listening to what movies were you watching what books were you reading what conversations mm -hmm. were you having because that's what made you get here and a lot of us forget 
the mm. seeds and the grassroots that got us to here. And I think we have to change the formula. And so it's like, oh, yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, you think that it's something else, but because we have such a flawed memory of, you know, our human mind and memory is not really reliable. We think it's something else. And it's just so funny how both of you were speaking with such conviction back there about how the most important thing is gratitude and how the most important thing was like the quote that you said, Broder. And it's like, what made you get to that point and how can you breed that same mentality mm-hmm. and add on top of it what you learned this year instead of dismissing that? So um, did you? what are you guys hearing or what did you guys learn from yourselves listening to this? I'm kind of curious. Yeah. Well, I, I have it written down right here. The two that I said were responsibility and, and longevity. So responsibility, what I led that towards was you have a responsibility to yourself to to seek and destroy that potential. What I said in back then was, you know, your greatest fear is not that you're inadequate. Your greatest fear is that you're powerful beyond measure. It's which like is, the antichrist of everything you've described, guys. Like, <laughs> oh, Austin. <laughs> Oh, sorry. That was playing on. on that was uh, old Austin that we were. Yeah, here, sorry. That we was. Here. I accidentally <laughs> that just read so the podcast. Over. I was like Antichrist. What did I say wrong? <laughs> no, 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 no. But my mouth. I, know, was, I was like, that was so over the top. Oh, I was like, okay. <laughs> so yeah, sorry, guys. That was my but bad. no, to, sorry. To summarize, what I was saying back then was about reaching and surpassing your potential. Yes. That, the, that was still the same mindset I had now. Beautiful. But. But the best part is I added the longevity perspective, Mm. which really, I I didn't, I didn't listen to myself back. I just, those were the first two words that came to mind. So it's really nice to hear that I still have the mindset of, I want to beat my, whatever my potential is, but now I realize that I have to do that in a way that isn't just tomorrow. Isn't just the next day. It literally is a long, you know, it's it's like, like the quote I just said, no one's taller than the last man standing. So I've added that to my mental repertoire and I didn't even know I did. And, and it's humbling. It's, it's cool. It, it gives me another, uh, you know, another kick in the gut. It's nice. Ammer, um, I imagine now we're going to go to whack versus wise, right? Yeah. I want to hear Justin's answer first, but yes. Oh, my bad. My bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, hearing that, I, I love how I said gratitude. I didn't think I was going to say that. I forgot about that. And, and yeah. That's- isn't that interesting? And that's something I can definitely practice more of. And I, and even today I was, I was practicing gratitude. And I was like, oh, I haven't been that grateful in a, in a while. Wow. Well, like I have been grateful, yeah, yeah, but yeah. not practicing it. And uh, so definitely going to practice that more, uh, make that a, a strong habit because like, we just did what we said we we're going to do. Like Broder, like we did it, man. Like, that's yeah, awesome. you guys take a second, like actually like realize this is crazy. It. And let's be grateful. And then, and then let's go forward again. So, you know, John, well, okay, hold on. Okay, Amber, okay, can what you please pull up this video? Though, because this is perfect timing of the video I was I wanted to pull up. Go to, go to YouTube quick. Screen All right, share. We're, we're going to YouTube. We're going to YouTube here. What's okay, going so on? Okay, so just under the backdrop of like, okay, it's cool. Let's, you know, you guys did well. You know, it's, you know, we all did well this year. Great, cool. Look up Emmett Smith's Super Bowl commercial. Uh, commercial yeah, bench, bench press right there yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it should be the yeah that one there front okay first. This exactly. one. oh yeah yes yes okay yes. okay here so, we go here we go here we go this is this is my this is what i think two rings i've been working hard maybe this year i'll take a little time off there <laughs> that was refreshing all men are created equal. 
Some just work harder in the preseason. Beautiful. Jeez. Is that not Beautiful. the best? That's a, that's a commercial that directed best? by John Morgan III right there. Is, I just love that commercial. Awesome. That is the ridiculous. reward for hard work is more hard work. Yeah. Right? But isn't that the beautiful thing, though? I mean, the thing that we should all be grateful for is the fact that we have uh, proven ourselves and we've earned our stripes. We now have the ability to go back and do it bigger and do it better. Yeah. 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 Anyway, well, and what you were saying about looking back and bringing that in, like, thank you for saying that. Cause I was, I've been thinking like, you know, not reinventing the wheel, but what can I, you know, what can, obviously what can I do better, but looking mm -hmm. back at what did I, what was I doing? So reading those books, mm -hmm. going back and even my phone, seeing the Man, memories. Go to your photos. YouTube search history, scroll back, look what you yeah. were like. Well, the Stoics like, talk about this all the time, right? If you, I mean, even if you read meditations, it's so repetitive, right? And the Stoics have this idea that you're always having to constantly nourish your mind. It's like, you wouldn't stop eating healthy. Like you wouldn't just eat healthy food one time. And then you would just go do your other thing. Like it's like eating healthy food is a part of a healthy lifestyle. Right. And so you should be constantly nourishing your mind with like the, the nectar of the gods, as they would say. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And I, and Justin, I only share this because I fell to that trap. Like when I was starting this business, I thought like, oh, like I have this mindset. It's going to stick to me. I was thinking mm -hmm. as mindset as a backpack that stays on. You only put it on once. Mm. Boy, was I wrong. And it's like I had to rebuild these things from scratch and going through that. And it's like you can't kid yourself, okay? Whatever made you successful, that's it. That's, that's what made you successful. Like don't let go of it. There's no new, you know, answer. You know, I fell to the shiny object syndrome where I just thought like, okay, this, this seems like the next shiny thing, forgetting where, what made me successful forgetting the habits that got me there. And uh, yeah, I, you guys should not fall into that pit trap. Well, it's interesting, right? Because, you know, no one would be shocked. Like if you saw someone and they were going to the gym every day and they were working out and they got a six pack or, or you know, you, you see the guy who's running all the time and, you know, he's, you know, he runs a 5k, barely even breaks a sweat, you know, and you're like, oh, that's amazing. Right. No one would be shocked at that. The guy who's going to the gym every day, if he just stopped going to the gym, and he put on a bunch of weight, no one would be surprised. They'd be like, oh, he stopped going to the gym? Yeah, makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yet, like, there's, there's some sort of, like, cloud and, like, some sort of mist around mental health, right? Where people are like, oh, he stopped reading and meditating and stopped being grateful, and he's, you know, he, he stopped, like, you know, taking cold showers, and he's, like, upset. Like, no one would even think anything of it. They'd be like, what happened? What? I thought he had a strong mindset. Like, mindset is one of those things where, like, people just seem, oh, he has it or he doesn't. It's like, no, 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 no. That mindset's earned. Well, my interjection on that too, and I totally agree. I think the reason for that societal wise is because the gym, the health, the eating healthy is the stuff that everybody sees. Okay. That's, that's the, 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 the physicality aspect of how you look, but mentality, I don't know what percentage it is, 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 is in my opinion, it might be a hundred percent is what you do behind the scenes is what you do when you're meditating is when no one's around, when you should be reading, when you're not reading. So that's where I would go. Yeah. And, and here's yeah, the problem seen and unseen. Yeah. And here's the thing, a, a healthy mindset makes you take actions, but usually the result of the actions we're taking in our business and our life, they come months and months later. Right. So it's like the results, you mm -hmm. mean? Yeah. The results. Exactly. So it's like, it, there's, there's that added effect, but um, John, Austin, do you guys have any, any other questions before yeah, we jump into before we, sorry. Yeah. Before we jump into whack versus wisdom, I just wanted to let you guys know that, you are not a thousand dollars poorer than you 
than you were, except you are Broder. Yeah. So we talked about integrity. I couldn't let us go on without it. I know you guys initially made the bet of a thousand dollars, but if you don't recall, which I, I hope you don't, cause I'm going to say it here and I'm going to hold true to Yeah, my- no, I do. I actually made another bet on that call um, out of ego. Like I talked about earlier, out of, out of spite. <laughs> and I actually said, no, you know what? I'll take it one step further. I said, I'll put another $500 down that I'll be the first in the window cleaning division. And I actually didn't come through on that. So no, I have not invested in that charity yet, but I right. wanted to publicly say it here and yeah. hold my word true. Wow. The charity of choice for me is FEMAP. We just talked about mental health too. It's yes. a mental health awareness organization here in London. So I'm actually going to do that this week. Donate that $500 because it is all run on donations. Um, and and amazing, I, man. And I can and I will show proof. Maybe uh, I don't know how. Yeah, for sure. Like, Send it to us. We'll post it. It's yeah. a bet that you made on the podcast and you're coming through on it. So just for some uh, recap, also the episode that I previously dubbed over already where I played the previous answer to their questions. Uh, we had, uh, it's called, it's episode 94, putting your money where your mouth is. It was released on March 22nd of this year. And uh, Justin and Broder were on here and they bet that they would be rookies of the year. If they did not, they would donate a thousand dollars to charity, uh, which they both, do- well, they don't have to donate a thousand dollars to charity. They, they, they were both number one in their respective divisions, but then Broder added the bet of, Hey, I'm going to be number one period uh rookies and vets and didn't come first so he's going to donate the extra 500 to femap which is awesome and by the way by the way this this is not like a year later not 12 months this is seven months okay like don't (laughs) don't get this twisted we're only seven months yeah in the future here seven months later really well done guys yeah and and you know we've all come a long way since march 22nd being seasonal business owners in canada right so it's it's the beginning of the battle versus the end and um yeah no great to hear the reflection of the of the answer about mindset and also the bets to revisit that but anybody who got a ton of value out of this conversation i would recommend to go back and listen to episode 94 because these guys were talking like uh Mm -hmm. i don't know i feel like just talking to you guys now you're just different like you know not in a bad way it's just like you you kind of come out the other side a little bit bringing a little bit more value a little bit more wisdom wrote it uh yeah well, I just wanted to say, Gio just mentioned gratitude. I just wanted to pay my debt of gratitude to you guys just because yeah. in my life, and I live in a great household, so Gio and I can have conversations, but we're only um, confined to the knowledge that we have or, or maybe the, the recency bias that we have has happened lately in our lives. But I just want to say for you guys, bringing three different perspectives to our conversations from three totally different guys who have three totally different experiences definitely well, 100% helped me so again shameless plug those listening go listen to the hundreds of other episodes because I know I do Geo always says uh, Monday hey you listened to that last episode lately so um, <laughs> definitely awesome. but just to just to pay my debt of gratitude thanks yeah. for, for having us on here because I'm learning a lot for sure I want to just quickly say to any rookies coming in, listening to this, listen to the weekly call. I wouldn't have broken the record without listening to the weekly call. I could just easily say that. Um, and, and then reach out to myself, reach out to Broder. Like I want to help you guys beat my record. So any rookies coming in that are like, yo, I want to, I want to get this done. Like don't be the lone wolf thinking you're not going to like reach out to tons of people, reach out to myself. I know Amher, I reached out to you and I, I mentioned to you, I was going to beat your record and you gave me some tools. Like here's some, you know, help with recruiting and things like that. Like, 
we want to progress this business. We're going to pay homage to Chris Thompson too, that, you know, created this or has built what it is for us. So let's, let's, let's keep raising the ceiling, beat my record. I'll help you do it. I'll give you advice. Brody will do the same. And listen to the weekly call. Oh, jeez. Who are these guys? Wow. Did we find, did we build these guys in like a build a bear workshop or something? Like how did we, yeah, uh, a baby takes nine guys? months. These guys yeah, took yeah. seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're premature. <laughs> um, Justin, if you don't mind me asking, you say you didn't, you wouldn't have broken the record if it wasn't for the weekly call. What, what kind of like on a weekly basis, like let's say it's middle of June, you're waking up, your car's stolen, you're running six crews. You're just like scrambling around. When you press play on the weekly call on Monday morning, like what are you? Yeah, we spoke to you ago. Now and I got to flip the switch. I'm here, curious because we just it, sit yeah. here and press record each week. We don't we don't put ourselves in your shoes Monday morning running yeah. around listening to us. I get a dopamine hit when I see it the new episode. Um, I click on it, have it in my car, my audio, and like when I'm driving to see cruise, I got the weekly call going, and like I, that's how that's how it was driving to, to Dulux or whatever. Like I always have the weekly call on Monday. I tune in. Um, yeah. And, uh, and then even before that, like I was working at the butcher shop, I was, I remember grinding dog food, putting chicken carcasses into a grinder, spitting out mush Nice. and, uh, and listening to an episode, I think it was with Dan. And he was saying like, you should be recruiting now. Like he was talking about recruiting and it was like, mm-hmm. it was early. Right. So then that yes. was like, I was like, Oh, I got to recruit. And I'm like taking little pieces. I gotta do this. I gotta do this. I never ran a business. I was cr- grinding up literally like animal carcasses. Like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So I just took what pieces of what you guys were teaching and then built it into my business with the help of student works in the system. Yeah, man. Well, that's, that's great. And to keep in mind, you're still the only person in the weekly call podcast history to send us an audio message on, uh, on anchor that we played the last time you were on episode 94. We, uh, <laughs> oh, do you remember that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was like, it was like December. You're like, Hey guys, I just found out about your podcast. This is sick. I'm gonna be listening every week. Yeah, he hasn't even hit puberty yet. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Why did he go back 20 years there? Not yeah. yeah. Oh, that was That's funny. Awesome. Oh man, I don't have access to that anymore. I don't think because okay. Anchor updated all. Yeah, if you want to listen to that clip, listen to episode 94. Yeah, go. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yo, hey, well, let's get that. this whack versus whack versus wise going. Yeah, I'm excited we will for get this. That going. Yeah, yeah this so so nice. John, you asked me a couple of weeks ago, it's like, oh, Amar, you know, we did a tour through uh Michigan. Do you have anybody from Memphis? And the answer is yes. I got just the guy. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> this is Xavier Wolf, and uh, this is song is called Thunder Man. He's an underground rapper, um, straight from Memphis, and I'm black, sure you black baby. <laughs> dude yeah i mean rest in peace is that what this is of... called is glock glock baby no no relax no <laughs> that was the old one that was the, oh, that okay, was the was old saying, that was the I was old like, that sounds familiar i'm like i think i might know this song <laughs> no these because these guys were there when we saw the video of them pointing guns at oh, the cameraman okay. and you were like oh they, this guy could kill somebody i know uh, honestly i'm like low-key like i think my next venture might be gun safety like i like my, my, my next business i might just like be a consultant for these rappers i'll just be the gun guy be like hey nope Lower that gun. Just don't point that there. Okay. All right. Here we go. This is Thunder Thunderman by Xavier Wolf. With a U. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, he's smoking a lot of weed right now on, on video. Thank you. 
and all my niggas got our own damn crib, bitch. Me and all my folk record our own damn shit. In house studio, flexed out for your bitch. When she walks through the door, all she do is compliment. Bitch, I'm finna smoke a blunt, so I don't wanna say shit. Don't bother me, I break your ass if you take my tip. Here's a tip, if you stuck, get the fuck up out of here. I ain't playing with no stupid nigga. I mean, Memphis is better than Michigan, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, this is, one of, this is one of his most famous songs, yeah. So, uh, I mean, I don't know if the lyrics will, will, will pull through, but the beat certainly did, yeah. Tell, you tell me, John, give us, uh, show us the, the other half of the song. Yeah, yeah, she came through and dropped her panties on my floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she licked me right up before she licked <laughs> 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 it's a pretty savage line i'm not gonna lie dude it's so bad okay oh okay i'm gonna try and start that again okay yeah yeah she came right through and dropped her pennies on my floor yeah yeah she looked me right up before she linked with you yeah yeah kissed his kissed his bitch and i don't give no fuck fool i left these hoes do what the fuck they want to because these hoes gonna do what the fuck they want to East Memphis, where I'm at, don't matter where I move. Tell a ho, stay home, because the crash coming through. N-words ask me, where my lyrics at? Who the fuck is you? <laughs> Bitch, fuck that rapping shit. I'm only here to tell the truth. And these N-words oh. don't listen until I say it in the booth. All these rappers looking spooked. Bitch, why are you scared, fool? It is because I'm off the chain. I dominate my whole lane. Play with me. Yeah, play with me. I'll throw a bomb and destroy your whole game. Tundra boy, Thunder man, just a few of my names. Bitch, I claim a new one every time I climb the rank. You, bitch, who? Boom. I actually don't mind those lyrics. Yeah, yeah, he, he's pretty damn, damn talented. Yeah, I, I love Okay, him. so that or John's Wisdom? You so in... in uh, in the honor of uh, Justin being from Sparta, I decided that I would read a caption from, or a quote from the history of the Peloponnesian War yes. by Thucydides. Is this okay, the speech? Of course was... No, this is not the speech. Oh, okay, okay, okay. The speech is way too long. Wow, <laughs> fuck. But there's some wisdom. Anyways, go ahead. Just do, do what you okay, want. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'll hit. I'll definitely bring that speech out eventually. Anyway, this is from the history of the Peloponnesian War, which of course was between Athens and Sparta. And uh, this is uh, a, a quote from a Spartan general, and he's speaking to his men, okay? Yeah, yeah. He says, true wisdom is shown by those who make careful use of their advantages in the knowledge that things will change. And so too, they will show more intelligence than others when things are going wrong with them. As for war, they will know that it is, it is coarse or that... As for war, they will know that its course is governed by the total chances in operation and can never be restricted to the conditions that one or other of the two sides would like to see permanently fixed. Such people, by avoiding the overconfidence which may spring from a success in war, are less likely than anyone to make mistakes and are, more, and are most anxious. If they can, 
to come to terms during the period of their own good fortune. Oh, can you can you explain that quote? Yeah, basic. I mean, basically, look at mm. when you're at war, when you're when you're in life, it's it's tempting to think, you know what, everything's just going to stay the same. Like everyone, because it, 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 we, you know, especially in modern society, we think very linearly, uh, in a very linear fashion. We think that things are one plus one plus one plus one plus one, or in a lot of cases, you know, just very linear in that sense, right? Well, shit changes, okay? And that's what Justin and I were talking about earlier about how, what if this is our last year at this, right? Like, what does the world look like after next year, right? What's the economy going to be like? Right, like right now, it's fine. Every you know, right now it's very favorable. What, but what if we enter such? I mean, like think about restaurants right now. Okay, restaurants are certainly not having the boom that painting businesses are. What if, what if there's some sort of catastrophe that happens to painting businesses for some reason that 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 startles things, right, or that changes things, right? And he's saying that the overconfidence which may spring from a success in war, right? I mean, look at Justin just you know, he just broke the record, brother, you just broke the record, right? You guys are at the, you know, at the top of at, at the student work team right now, right? You guys are the, the hot picks, you're the young guns, right? What is that? What is that success? And, uh, you know, the, the overconfidence, which may spring from that, right? And are less likely than anyone to make mistakes and are most anxious, right? How anxious are you, right? The guy who says, Oh, yeah, no, easily, no, no problem. I'll do it. No problem, easily do it. You know, no doubt in my mind, I'll do blank number, right? Where's the anxiousness in that, right? And this is the part, if they can to come to terms during the period of their own good fortune, right? And this is the part that I don't think any of us have learned. When is enough, right? When is that point where you say, you know what? I'm going to just, I'm going to pull back a little bit, right? And I don't, I don't, maybe we're not there yet, right? But maybe we're overconfident. Who knows? Hmm. Excellent quote. Oh, very, very fit to the situation. If I got that song or John in my car, I'm picking John to listen to for sure. A lot more value. Hmm. Or you can listen to both at the weekly call. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You can uh, Broder, we'll start with you. Closing thoughts. Well, uh, I'll talk about that because I don't my closing thoughts that reminded me when john is explaining that quote that reminded me of grade 12 english class when we read shakespeare and my teacher would would slow it down and explain exactly what that quote means because when i first listened to that quote i'll be honest i pulled some stuff from it but i did not pull what you said and and if i had just read that quote on my own probably wouldn't have taken away what i took away so definitely have a a a way of i'll call it dumbing it down for for people like myself very um intellectual well-versed quotes so thank you for doing that ending thoughts on the podcast again just like back in march i've taken away so much i've listened to four guys who i respect and look up to talk about what they're doing in their life but not very little of this was about painting or window cleaning which i really liked it was about mindset it was about relationships it was about growth so I definitely took a lot away from, from that end, which, which I appreciate because I don't get to have those conversations very often. And when I do like right now, I, I, uh, I owe you guys some gratitude and, and some appreciation. So thanks guys. Mm. That was awesome. Very Our welcome. pleasure. Great having you. Thank you for keeping your word. Yeah. Thank you guys for being rock solid men and, and being open. And, and thank you for John 
to not just like uh, say if Austin says something you don't agree with, thank you for disagreeing. Like, thank you guys for being yourselves and sharing that with the world because that's huge for for where society's going. Like, we gotta just speak what we believe in, stand with our values, and and stay strong in this time. And I I think uh, I just I thank you guys a lot for for having having this and having us on and and you know keeping us involved. Very welcome. Thanks for coming on twice and well-deserved the second time. Um, I wanted to give our listeners a chance of where they can, where they can find you if they wanted to keep up to date with you guys, particularly as individuals and your businesses, where could they find more information about both of you? I'll start with you, Justin. Yeah. So my cell phone number is 519-671-1111. Oh, the cell phone number. Wow. 1111. Um, give me a call, uh, text me, leave me a voicemail. Again, six seven one 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 one. Super easy. Remember, and remember, ladies, this guy has a has a girlfriend. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Let's oh, keep it yeah. Uh, keep it business yeah. only here. Hundred percent. So, uh, <laughs> but if it if it's business only, then give me a call. Not even business. Business mindset. Yeah. Uh, current political times. Questions. You know, what what am I doing? That you know, whatever. Just give me a call. And then Instagram is Justin dot Georgeopolis. You'll have to figure out how to spell that last name. It'll be on there somewhere. You know, I've probably asked that question to maybe I'd say 20, 25 people that we've had on the podcast. You're the first one to just instinctively give out your phone number. I've never seen that. I think that's, that's awesome. suicide, to be honest. I think that's <laughs> yeah, like, I, mean, dude, I, I thought, think I, that's I, thought like I was dangerous. ballsy by giving out my PO box. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's on there for life. Like, you know, like 20 years yeah, from it's now, a number. You know? he can choose it's, to do what he wants with it. It's a fire number. Like, it's so easy to remember that I have it all over my Instagram. Someone's going to find it. There it is. Mm. that's my number true all right i like the energy i it's maybe we'll go two for two then i was also going to give up my phone number oh okay. my god 519-520-3877 again always reachable and the reason maybe i can speak for justin and i the reason why we're giving out our phone numbers is because when we were going into our first year we got to listen to you guys do an episode and i don't recall what episode it was but it was strictly for first year rookie operators yeah at tier student works operators yeah yeah i got we did two of them yeah i think it was 64 i i don't recall yeah we did uh well this is your rookie year so we did we did our first one was actually episode 13 uh dear student works operator 2020 this was back in january 6th of 2020 yeah uh we also did another one early january this year which is like episode 60 something like you said yeah Gotcha. So um, the reason why I'm giving out my phone number is because any little knowledge that I have about being a rookie operator, I would love to help. And also the reason why I'm giving out my number, and this is more close to my heart, is because there isn't much representation on the window cleaning side of student works. So I'd like to try my best to help if, if I can. So if you're a window cleaner, please call me. If you're a creep who's just watching this, please do not. <laughs> <laughs> But, Luckily, we don't have too many creeps out there. Yeah, it wouldn't last this long. Um, <laughs> and and uh, if you are looking for a leadership position in a in a history making business, you reach out to me. Again, you got my number. I'm I'm hiring. Just probably for window start cleaner. a business around where you're located. So yeah. Okay. Um, I actually have one more quote to end this off. Uh, and this is also from the history of the Peloponnesian War. And this one was just sitting right below the one I read. And this one's kind of on the same line. But I figured that there's probably a lot of people that after listening to this podcast are probably going to get super fired up and they're probably going to go and 
go set a goal, right? That, you know, because they just heard, you know, Justin and Broder, like, you hear, you hear Justin's goal, you know, blah, 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 blah. And they're going to go and set their big goals. And so this is what the Spartans had to say on that. Take time then over your decision, which is an important one. Do not allow considerations of other people's opinions and other people's complaints to involve you in difficulties to which you feel yourselves. Think too of the great part that is played by the unpredictable in war. Think of it now before you are actually committed to war. The longer a war lasts, the more things tend to depend on accidents. Neither you nor we can see into them. We have to abide by their outcome in, in the dark. And we, when people are entering upon a war, they do things the wrong way around. Action comes first, and it is only when they have already suffered that they begin to think. That's fucking... And that's how a lot of people set their goals, right? Just remember, when you, when you set a goal, you're going to war. Justin Broder, I'm going to hold you guys to a, a, like a, a standard that I think you guys are worthy of. You know, I want to see you guys back on this podcast and it's not going to happen until you guys hit your goals. We will be in contact, but to make it back on here, I really want to see you guys hit those numbers. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for being men of your words. Thank you for setting exceptional goals and thank you for being leaders in the community who with upright values. And uh, thank you for joining us on the weekly call. Cheers, man. Thank you. Thanks, gentlemen. Bye, guys. Ciao. Hey, listeners. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. As usual, you can find us on Instagram at the Weekly Call Pod or through email at theweeklycallpod at gmail.com for any questions or comments about any of our material and just to kind of pick our brain or even challenge us on a few things we said today. The intro and outro music was brought to you today by William Scott Thompson. You can find him on Spotify under that name. He has a lot of other great material on there that you can go listen to as well. Thanks so much for tuning in this week, guys. We'll see you soon.